I'm not worried about this game. We belong on the field with Alabama. Actually, Alabama belongs on the field with us. There you go. I'll say it that way. Alabama belongs on the field with us. Georgia won the SEC championship, and they beat the team that beat both Georgia and Alabama. Hats off to you, UCF. But we played a tougher schedule. We played a tougher, in my mind, an t- opponent that was more ready for what we wanted to do. And we show, we've shown more versatility in, in winning the games we've won than Alabama has. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 126 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I am joined, as usual, by my co-hosts Will Leach and Tony Waller on this most special occasion. This is it, the big one, the longest one, the most important show we've ever produced since the inception of our podcast back in the summer of 2015. Every single one of you knows that this 2017 Georgia football team is a very special team, chock full of interesting characters. You have the young freshman quarterback who continues to silence doubters in every game he plays. There's the cherished senior class with absolute stars at key positions all over the offense and defense. And what about the future first round draft pick who anchors our linebacking core, the one who hits with such ferocity Opposing offensive players always fall backwards when he hits them. And then there's the quirky fellow on special teams who has won hearts and minds all over this great Bulldog nation. Yes, this team, our team, will always and forever be remembered as special, no matter the outcome on Monday night. But as you'll hear Will discuss later in our show, getting this close to the ultimate goal is oh so difficult and doesn't happen very often. So when you're there with the ultimate goal staring you right in the face, You've got to grab hold of it because you just don't know when it'll come back around again. So the three of us are very excited to bring you this Georgia versus Alabama National Championship Preview Show, and it starts right now. So, y'all, we're playing in the National Championship game. When did they start? Okay, ready? One, two, three... Y'all, we're playing the national championship game. Holy I feel cow, ridiculous right? saying it because I've said it 19 times yeah, since yeah. I've been to Scott's house. This is, I mean, this is crazy. We were discussing a few minutes ago that we started this podcast three seasons ago, two, two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and we thought 15 was going to be the year that was just so crazy. We had a coaching change. We lost to Alabama. We, you know, after having all the hope, and then we the hired. The Florida Bout a game. The Florida Bout a game. Then we hired. Kirby Smart, and we had, a, you know, a, a soul-wrenching exposition on the Georgia way. And all that happened over the course of our first, Scott, you to have the number, maybe 25 episodes? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and now we've had more episodes this season. You couldn't really divide by three because we've done way more. But yeah, easily the first 20-something episodes. Yeah. Understandably so, that we would have more. Right. More, yeah, right. That's true. More right. Here. And now here we are. It's January 2018. Georgia has won the Rose Bowl. Georgia is facing Alabama in the national championship game in Atlanta. I have um, I've taken the approach. It, it feels fatalistic, but I swear it's not. That it kind of has to be Alabama. Yeah. It kind of has to be Alabama. Well, you, you were calling for that for the SEC championship. Well, I, 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 I'm calling for it. it's not the right way. It's just I felt all along that if. There's always going to be, until we beat Alabama, until Georgia beats Alabama in a game of import, whether that be an in-season game, SEC championship, never thought it would be in a playoff game or a national championship game, but until we do, there's always going to be that, yeah, but you didn't beat Alabama during their run. And now we have the chance. And not just that, but an Alabama team, and again, we have much to discuss, but an Alabama team that, frankly, 
has a lot of urgency to win a championship itself. Uh, you know, this is the idea, not just that they didn't win one last year, but this is just like the, this plot line going into the Clemson game last year. This is a chance for him to tie Bear Bryant. This right. is a chance for him to tie with six six championships. Would be the most, obviously five in Alabama, one in LSU. But he would have six championships. He'd be the only second man to have six championships, which is uh, something that they wanted last year, and certainly is something. Not just that, but of course, this whole. Th- you, you don't think Nick Saban didn't read every single one of those rat poison stories about. Um, about Georgia's beating Alabama at their own game and recruiting, right. and the Padawan has outdone the master. Uh, I guarantee you he read every single one of those. Well, you know they don't play for second place in Alabama because there was a, I guess, a Snapchat or something that was making its round on Twitter today of Scott Cochran, the strength coach at Alabama, right. breaking yeah. the runner-up trophy that they received last year. Yeah. On Snapchat. Which I have to say is kind of awesome. Yeah, I, I like it. Sure, sure. <laughs> that is Let's, kind of awesome. Yeah, we can go with that. I mean, you can do that when you're Alabama, when you have all these championship trophies, but, and you also claim some that aren't actually yours. What's funny is it sat story. around for a year, and now they decided yeah. to break it. Well, and, but Scott Cochran doesn't. Scott Cochran doesn't have a get-back coach of his own. No, he yeah. doesn't. Yeah, it's, also, it's possible that he, he was a lone wolf on that. And yeah. Saban's like, hey, it was really hard to get that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you saw the picture of... Scott Sinclair being held back by yes. someone, right? Yes, yes, yes. It was amazing. Yes. Oh, that was so, one of the best <laughs> pictures of the entire season. Our get-back coach has a get-back coach. I tell you, all of our get-back coaches or strength coaches are not missing their day in the gym. No, they don't skip leg day. And their, their throwback <clears throat> their, their throwback. Or throwdown Thursday videos are it's amazing. Pretty, pretty good stuff. So uh, before we get too far, uh, this is the first time I've had a chance to talk to you, Tony. Yep. Uh, since you just got back yesterday, correct? Yeah, yesterday evening. Yes. And uh, I very much loved the Aussies. We need this. Every podcast needs some Australians. I, I agree. Think we can all agree. I have a good friend of mine who won a national championship here at Georgia playing tennis, Stephen Baldus. Uh huh. And we were texting each other, or actually we weren't texting because that would cost too much. Oh, he's Australian. He is. He lives in Australia. Okay. He's Georgia, Australian. Played. Tennis here at Georgia but, won a national championship. Right, right. But is he All Australian or he, he lives is, in Australia now? He is now. Okay. Yeah, no, he's he's completely Australian. Okay. He's a fraternity brother of mine and, and a national championship winning tennis player. <clears throat> Are so, you sure you weren't texting with the kangaroo? Well, the reason why I asked him what time the game came on <laughs> oh, right, over right, there because right. I was like, I have no idea. And he said he was watching it at nine ten on January second, yeah, Tuesday morning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. Great. So these guys, so what was it like? Tell so me, these tell guys me, tell me story. ended up sitting behind us. First off, yeah. So we were sitting literally right where Sony ran to. We were sitting right. in that end zone, kind of above into. If you're facing the red coats, above into the right of the red coats. So you saw the awesomeness of that overtime. Yes, we saw it up close and personal. The cool part about it is that road games are fun because it is even at road game where there's lots of people there like Notre Dame or, or even Georgia, Florida. It uh, there's a sense of camaraderie, yeah. right? And here we are, 2,600 miles away from Georgia, and you get the sense when we I got the sense we got to Pasadena. This going to be a large pro Georgia crowd. We went to the decorating barns on Saturday. It was way more Georgia people in Oklahoma. Um, we went in and had dinner on Saturday night. Way more Georgia people than Oklahoma people. Um, we ran into Georgia people up Angeles Crest Drive, which is the drive up to Mount Wilson. Right. I mean, it was just everywhere you looked, there were Georgia people and there were fewer Oklahoma people. That, that bore itself out when we got to the tailgate. It happened to tailgate by a cool guy that uh, played football at Cal State Fullerton, but got his uh, uh, graduate degree mm-hmm. at... Um, that was Dave Lamb who and wanted to use our podcast to promote. A lot yes, of yes, he he did, and I was he was gracious enough to give us some trees on egg tacos and and hook us up. So with he some paid stuff. for his product placement. I am perfectly fine with that. He paid in tacos. Uh, he paid in that. tacos. Um, but you know, 
it became really obvious once we got inside the stadium because you know our reds are different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were. You could tell during the cheer that there were more people, George people there. When, but when we went to light up the Rose Bowl, it became very obvious. Yeah. Basically, yeah. it was it was really close to seventy percent. And it, at, at that point, the Aussies, we'd been talking with them and kind of educating them on the game, but they just went nuts when that happened because we all went nuts. And so he, they were really like they were just in awe of this. So I decided, uh, actually, I gave my wife Chris. She said, "You need to interview them." So yeah, I did. I did. So and, um, but by the end of the game, they were utterly. Um, they were utterly bought in to being Georgia fans. Uh, the younger one, the one you couldn't understand, was saying, uh, was trying to say "Go Dogs," and it came out differently. But yes. you, you, you know what the sentiment was? It sounded like he was speaking Cockney or something. Yeah, from uh, yeah, he was Northern very Australian. Yeah, Australian. like he was from like he was from uh, Two Lock Smoking Barrels. Yeah, or yeah. Snatch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Um, so, but when we, you know, when we won, uh, they they were hugging everyone. Um, I. You know, we were. I was discussing with with um, Jack about the crying, and <laughs> completely respect that because I was. I uh, am, am not ashamed to admit that it was just it was just emotionally overwhelming. It is good to see that y'all caught the sentiment talking to Will about what y'all went, what y'all mm. dealt with it. At, you were at uh, Flickr, right? At, at uh, Livewire. Livewire. Um, not really. It's not really <laughs> at Livewire. Mm. It was it was the same thing, and, and I've talked mm. to so many people. I mean. It was a huge pro-Georgia crowd. It's going to be a huge pro-Georgia crowd at the Georgia Dome. I'm sorry, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's incredible we're playing in the national championship game. So do we, before, we, before we start getting – I'm going to get a little bit more emotion stuff about Rose Bowl. Come on, sure. Come on, yeah, about we, Rose Bowl. we can talk about the video. Yeah. I mean, that's what of, video? What, <laughs> what video are you talking about? No, this, the video was amazing. I, uh, Scott, you sent me the video. Late. You were the first person I sent it to because I, I was, knew you'd be awake. I was uh, literally um, – I guess I looked at it and just like blindly retweeted it. And then the next morning I was sitting there airport in Vegas and showed it to Kristen and then sent it and was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do more with this. So I was really, really happy for you. It was really cool. Really cool. Capture the moment thing. Yeah. And it was completely unplanned as I, I, I was speaking earlier on a um, periscope that we were doing and I was telling Will and Tony, I do that all the time. When I go to home games, I'll make a video. And when I go to, the mall, I'll make a video. <laughs> Which is I every just, day. I can I just, vouch for this. I, <laughs> yes, feel like I always have to be aware of everything I'm saying at all times. I am always recording video and I'm always trying like cool transitions with the camera. As you saw, like when, if you look at the video, when, when my son Jack says beat Oklahoma, I do like a little whip pan. I don't know. That's kind of a, a theatrical uh, filmmaker type thing that I like to do. But I had no real intention, and there were times during the game when it got really ugly where I was like, screw this, I'm not going to keep recording this. But then something in me, I was like, it was probably because it's New Year's, yeah, and it was that New Year's resolution, that drive to say, I'm going to make something, I'm going to create something. And I kept going, and then I finally put it up underneath the TV to get all those shots of all of us, and I, I didn't even know what I had until the next day, and I started looking through the footage. I'm like, yeah, this might be something. And if I get on this and spend about six hours editing it, and put it up, maybe some friends of mine will like to see this because this is what I had no idea that, I mean, it's almost up to 50,000 YouTube views and 20, 30,000 Facebook views. And you're modest about these things, but um, Cy Brown and Dog Nation put it on, uh, he posted it today. Um, I saw secsports.com uh, retweeted it. It's just, it's a really neat capture the moment thing. And it captures the essence of, kind of a range of emotions that the Georgia fans have felt 
over not just the course of the season, not just the game, the course of the season. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is I mean, it's worth noting that before we came down here to do this podcast, we watched the highlights of the end of the game again. Yes, like we did. It is that kind of game that you just can't, can't help yourself. And I find it interesting, maybe when we get into the actual game preview, I think there is an unquestioned, um, is, is this USA against Finland? Uh, or is this, you know, is this Carlton Fisk hitting the home run and then they go ahead and lose game seven? Like, there, there is something about that. I, yeah. like, like, no matter what happens in this game, within reason, it feels like the Rose Bowl is just, just when you consider the setting, not just the game. Like, obviously, winning the championship is going to be a big deal. But the setting, the drama of the game, the high-scoring nature of the game, the ups and downs constantly throughout. We'll get into the actual preview of the game in a bit, but this is, the, of all the things that are going to happen, this is game is not going to be 54 to 48. Yeah. Like, this is not going to be that kind of game. <clears throat> what, it feels like one team is going to get ahead, and they're going to stay ahead. And it feels like that's b- what both of these teams try to do, whereas the fun, one of, one, of the great, one of the great things of the Rose Bowl, why it was so perfect, was not just that it was the Rose Bowl, and not just that Georgia was the first time they made it here and be able to make it the championship game. They were playing a team that maximizes drama. They were, playing, they were playing a team that can score really fast and get scored on really fast. And it led to really that kind of perfect game that, you know, nationally speaking, People are kind of down on this game. Part of it, I think, is an SEC thing, which I think that part's kind of dumb. But I think the one part I understand is the idea that it feels like two teams that play very similarly. Two teams that try to do the same thing that are not electric like a Baker Mayfield, are not electric like a Deshaun Watson. And I think that's made nationally some people. And also, frankly, the LSU-Alabama game, like the uh, 9-6. That's a big part of it, too. So I think everyone is wary of that. But I so I, I just think you know this game is going to be obviously really exciting and really amazing, but I do think there's something unique and special about the circumstances of this Rose Bowl that it it's going to be something. When you look, if, even if Georgia wins this game, we'll see how it happens if they win the game. But it does feel like when you close your eyes now, like what was the moment before the Rose Bowl? When you closed your eyes and thought of this season, what was the first image that came to your mind? I would argue it was either the two things from the Notre Dame game, probably right, or the or or, or the, the yeah the David Bellamy tapping his arm, ice water in his veins. That's immediately yeah, what that's I a good one. And the, obviously the tackle to win the Notre Dame game, the whims catch, the swift run in the SC championship game is obviously a huge one. But I would argue. Now, when you, no matter what happens in this game, when you close your eyes and look back at, at, at the moments from this season, there will be Fogel, moments right? from the Rose Bowl. Rodrigo Fogo. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There will be moments from this Rose Bowl. Like um, the, the, this is the definitive game, and I don't know if there's any possible way that the way that Alabama and Georgia play, you can duplicate that. Well, a couple of uh, – one, one a point to what you said – I'm not certain that the national folks have it right about how this game's going to oh, be. Oh, I agree. Um, so, having said that, um, you know, I've I've given a fair amount of thought to where the Rose Bowl stands, and in a lot of ways, regardless of what happens this week, it's going to kind of always stand as its own special place in Georgia Bulldog lore, right? Um, and we can argue about. I mean, you get to argue history looking backwards anyway, but um, I, I would argue that it as it has the potential to be as important as the Georgia-Florida game uh, in 1980. Um, 
Uh, if you, you oh, matter, sure. fact, matter of fact, yeah. if you talk about if you talk with people about that season, the it feels almost like. A seventeen ten win in the Rose in the Sugar Bowl was almost an afterthought, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no people don't talk about people talking about the game. It was impressive because Herschel Walker ran for those yards with a broken arm or separate shoulder, um, but you know the game. It is always the comeback against Florida that people come back to. Um, so and, it, and it's not going to be like blue to Scott. It's just going to be the entire. It's going to be the game. It's going to be that, that Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, well, this is. I mean, frankly, if I may be a Cardinal guy for a moment, yeah. no one remembers Game Seven of the no. 2011 World yeah, Series. Of course they, they don't. Game Six. That's they, right. Because that was the crazy game. Right. Um, and even if the Cardinals would have lost that game, they would have remembered that Game Six forever. Just like in the Red Sox '75, Carl yeah, called this home run. What, um, hap- what happened in 2011? Was that David Freeze. That was David Freeze. Okay. Yeah. So, but but the other thing I thought about this is that we we could have witnessed. Um, the full maturation, or as much as we're going to see for a while, of of Kirby and Kirby Smart's football team coming into their own in in a real way, right? I mean, we've talked about this over the course of the season. We start out the season talking about you know little check marks, things we want to see out of Kirby as a head coach. Um, the we we utterly changed our defensive game plan at halftime. Utterly changed our defensive game plan. And freed up Jacob Fromm, Jacob Fromm, I'm still doing it, Jake Fromm in the second half to make checkoffs that he wasn't allowed to make in the first half. It made all the difference. Now, Kirby came right out and said as halftime interview, we didn't have the kids ready to play. That's on us. And he was, my God, was he right. I mean, utterly right. Sometimes that's coach speak, right? And they come back and try the same crap. We, we were a totally different team because we played a totally different style of defense. We, frankly, we played a little different offense, too. I mean, we did some of the same things we did before, but we basically freed up, we freed up Fromm and the running backs to make checks at the line. I mean, we saw with the Sony Michelle run where he moved him over, right? Slid him over and said, nah, here's a nine, here's a, here's a nine Sony hole for you, right? And that is... Nine Sony hole. That, that is... The best. But that is... It is amazing to me that when you... If you had said, if we just sat here last week and, well, well you said it, you know, Georgia doesn't have, Georgia doesn't have a 17 come, point comeback in them. And I would never believe it. I, would have, I really wouldn't have. Not only do we have it in us, we beat Oklahoma at their own game. No, we didn't run into football, but we beat them our own game. We basically said, we're going to take this one thing away from you. We're going to score more points than you. And if you can beat us, you'll beat us, but it's going to be a fun game. And that's exactly what happened. And I think it spoke to, frankly, how good Oklahoma – like, this is not a game where you're like, well, okay, Georgia was clearly, obviously, the no. better team. No. Really Oklahoma is awesome. They're like, very Oklahoma good Oklahoma is fantastic in a way. Like, obviously – Do you think they'll beat Clemson in the consolation game? Yeah, I think they would. I think they would, yes. I wow. think they would. Where would they play that? Um, at Auburn. So, uh, <laughs> nice. Um, I would say that uh, – one thing, I, consolation game I would like to see – they would stomp Central Florida. Oh, they, also, uh, put it that way, they would wow. absolutely. Let, let's go ahead and mark Florida. that off of our questions that we yes. were going to talk about. Mots, the, they would stomp the Central national Florida. championship. And listen, Central Florida should be able to call themselves national yeah, championship. Sure. Whatever, what? I'm fine with that. Make listen, a trophy. I also did not lose any games this year, so I am the I national am champion national of college champion. football. I don't, I don't recognize Georgia Tech's 1990 or BYU's right. 1984 for the same reason I don't recognize UCS. You don't. You, yeah, and we should retroactively claim the 2007 national championship. Yeah, yeah, or in 2002. Let's do it. That's right. So uh, that's, that's that's fine. That sounds. I'm good. fine with that. I want. Uh, Let's do it. I want the '84 champion for the. But before we move on, um, one of the many, the hundreds of comments I got on the video, one was sent to me by a fraternity brother of mine. His name is Lori. How big is your fraternity? 
It like was it must be big. like literally thousands of people in it. It's all uh, the people. Yeah, it's all the people. It's all the people. <laughs> Basically, it was just it was everybody but me. They didn't let me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His name uh, his name's Laurie Moore. I haven't seen him in a long time, but um, he. He reacted and he, he basically quoted saying that another friend of his, a former alumni, had reposted my YouTube link, which uh, quite a few people did. And he said what was interesting to him was the quote that he put above the link. And I, I read it and I was like, wow, that's an amazing thought. And think about when Sony was running for the winning touchdown, right? We've seen it 12 times already just today. Yeah, let's, let's the go guy, to 12. It was a lot more. Yeah. The guy's quote of what he said above uh, the link, he said this. He said, it took about two and a half seconds from when Sony broke free until he crossed the goal line. Those two and a half seconds were a gift that maybe only sports can give. That sudden, delicious understanding that you haven't won yet, but you're about to. You're there wasn't to. much in my 2017 that felt as pure and good as those two and a half seconds on the first day of 2018. Hey, that's, that's I couldn't agree more. That's I couldn't amazing. Agree more. That's really good. It really yeah, is. I could not agree so more. So thanks, Lori, for sending that. So, um, so okay, anything else we want to say about the game itself? Other than, the, <laughs> can we talk about the from block? I feel like that's my from block. Yeah, no, that's actually, I, I did get a couple of texts during the game that if we have, it literally was, if we have from boner moments here, or like, to the to that effect, um, it was it was pretty pretty amazing. So there were two legitimate from boner moments. Yeah, of course there were. Yeah, and I've got yeah. the block. It was the last one. The scramble. The scramble yeah. was that was the thing I didn't think he could do. I just didn't think he could do that, and I was wrong. He can do that. I got a question for you. The the play that Sony fumbled on. Yeah, I thought From had it for a second. You oh know, yeah, it looked like a, a, a run pass or a read option or something. And man, if he had held on to that, he had all kinds of places to run. And, and we'll talk about this in our preview. Um, that play was there a lot more than we ran it. <laughs> so um, the second, of course, was the block. As a matter of fact, I was focused on that because, like I said, the they right, Sony was right literally to. running right at me. Um, it, this, I was like, I was like, after I got done hugging, I was like, did did you see the block from through? Did you see that block? And people were like. What? I'm like, the one that broke him. He was, he was outside. He was like, he just, he literally locked up a cornerback and walked him out of the play onto the sideline. That guy, that guy's got to answer his kids about that quarterback blocking him that way. He's going to, if he ever goes to the NFL draft, like oh, at the yeah. combine, he's going to have to answer that question to all 29 teams. There are 32 teams now, right? Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of defensive players in Oklahoma that are going to be in a lot of combine. No. I'll say that. <laughs> a couple of defensive linemen, a couple of defensive linemen, but yeah. Yeah, nobody, well, the nobody CFL really coming, yeah. um, but so that was that was pretty that was pretty amazing. How about the how about the lack of penalties? Six for thirty nine yards. That was a cleanly played, yeah. cleanly called game. Yeah. Um, I, a couple people like, well, we could see more holds. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you can always see more. You holds. always see more how holds. Is that? Right, yeah, right. it was it was a well played game, a super well officiated game. Yeah, even even the reviews, even the reviews that could have taken mm-hmm. <laughs> in other circumstances would have taken a long time because ESPN had ads to sell, um, didn't yeah. so. I did nail my you that did. Alabama game is not starting on time easily. Yeah, by yeah. lunch. Yeah. For the record, can we just say how happy we are that games weren't switched? Yes. And can you imagine the panic that we've oh. all been going through if that game starts on ESPN two and everyone's like flipping like that is a nice thing. It's also funny too. And speaking of the Alabama Clemson game, that game was as dull as oh. the Georgia game was exciting. Yeah, and which is again exactly the way the Alabama wants it, but certainly. Uh, th- it was funny to see the number of people. Nobody missed anything uh, oh, yeah. from that from the five minutes or no. ten minutes of game time. I stayed in the stadium until security made us leave, yeah. and I missed nothing of that yeah. of that game. I was talking to a Clemson fan today. Um, we were at CrossFit, 
Sorry, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, and I journaled walking down the stairs. So. <laughs> yeah, I made a comment on Bernie's uh, Instagram last week. He had this lovely pork roast that he had put this glaze on and asked me if he put it in his CrossFit journal. Uh, he <laughs> said that he did not. Um, so the he, he, he brought up a point to me that I wasn't aware of because we were talking about Georgia being second time ever in the Rose Bowl. He said that was only the second... <laughs> What? It's a funny sound. <laughs> in the court. There's a puppet here. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was only the second time that Clemson had played in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> Sorry. Tony's drunk. We have a good sound editor. Tony's drunk. <laughs> Tony is, 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 is making a, he's personifying his, his boor, booze boy. He, he's, he's showing me how much he cares about my, my talk. Wow. He, yeah, he's he cares asking. about this story. Screw guy. the Clemson thing. <laughs> Georgia is playing Alabama on Monday. Did you know that it's the 15th time that Georgia and Alabama are playing in my lifetime? That's not okay. very much. That's not I'm very not 41 much. years old. It's, they just don't play that often. Bama holds an all-time record 38, 25, and 4. A quick note about that. Besides the tra- traditional rivals that, that Alabama has mm-hmm. in the SEC West, Al- Georgia has more wins than any other SEC teams against Alabama. That was my next question. I was going to say, that seems like a lot. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was actually looking at that. Um, Auburn and Tennessee have more wins, but they played like 35 more games. Mm-hmm. Um, I was writing about this in my Sports Northcom today about how not only has Alabama kind of been the – Rabbit, the Greyhounds are all chasing, right. and Georgia certainly being at the forefront of that. But they've also specifically, when they played Georgia, they've had all of these pivotal games. Of course, the last time that Georgia beat Alabama is the infamous Mike Patrick having a stroke and talking yes. about Britney Spears game. What's Britney doing with her life? Uh, poor Todd Blackbridge. Like, it's funny, I, I heard Mike Patrick what? on yes. doing like the Michigan South Carolina game. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is what you get demoted to when in the biggest moment of a Georgia Alabama game, you just start talking randomly about Britney Spears. By the Spears. way, that's a, that's a go to Twitter comment for me when something big is about to go down. I'll, I'll, I will randomly tweet, <laughs> like, what are Britney's doing with her life? Because like, it's, it's amazing to me. It is really that, amazing. It's like, he he just did that. Yeah. Like, he, I, I, I don't know if he ever gave an explanation for it. Did he have a stroke? Like, honestly, I don't know what he No, what I happened. just think he was drunk. He was just, I don't know what was going on. Trivia, do you know the receiver that caught that ball? Michael Johnson. No. Wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. It have been Conley, right? No. Who was it? Mikey Henderson. Was it Mikey Henderson? The little 5'10 guy from yeah. Buford. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Stafford. Johnson called the pass in, uh, in Auburn. In Auburn. But, yeah. of course, next year was the, oh, Saban's got this now game. Yeah. Uh, which was they, they were up 31-0 and oh, ended up yeah. uh, hanging on 41-31. And then, of course, they didn't play to 2012. We have discussed 2012 enough. And then, of course, we've also discussed the 2015 game. So as much as you talk about them only playing how many times? 15 times? 15 in my lifetime. They've played yeah. four in the last 10 years, yeah. which is actually more than you would expect. And if it hadn't been the way the schedule's been. And if it hadn't been for the SEC championship game and then the game on Monday, they, they would have gone seven years in between meetings. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, no, it and, does and, feel like this will not be the last SEC. No. Do we have them next year? We have them next year. No, we have LSU. Yeah, we have LSU next year. We have them 19. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we have. I think we have Notre Dame no, and Alabama. Night no, no, but they're, they're, they have to be on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, we. They have Notre Dame and Alabama both in 2019. Let's see, 2020 at 20, home. So it's not the Notre Dame. Yeah, it's not Notre Dame. So who do they play in 19 along with Notre Dame? Who is the crossover? Who Georgia? Non-traditional. That sounds. That looks like a home. Is it A and M? It's not A and M, is it? I don't know. We're never playing. I A&M. think no. I think it's in College Station. Actually, I don't think they're actually in the SEC. I think it's at College Station. I don't know. Can we move on? Are you going to LSU next year? Oh, you're cutting the same. Yes. Way. So, because uh, Alexa and I went in on that action. Uh, yes. Let me get going. But, hey, now, you can start recording again. 
<laughs> now. So when Georgia does beat Bama, in fact, yeah. in fact, they're three and three in the past six meetings against Alabama because they won in like three, seven, or two, three, and seven. Oh, yeah. two, oh, three, yeah. and so. And um, so when Georgia does beat Bama, the <clears throat> Bama has never scored more than twenty-five points. So I guess you could say if Georgia can keep Bama under three touchdowns, then they've got it. Historically speaking, they have a very good chance of beating them. We keep them in our three touchdowns. We're beating them bad. <laughs> I'll, 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 I will say that right now. Any more Georgia, uh, Georgia, Alabama notes? Nick Saban is eleven and zero against his assistants. Yes, all time. That, that's the fun one. That is the fun one. Everybody likes that one. Yeah, to be fair, that counts like, yeah. Jimbo. That counts Jim McElwain. That counts four years of Derek Dooley. Yeah. So and look, Miss Barbara, don't come at me, please. <laughs> but I think we all can agree yeah, that that was a mess. Yeah. Yes. No question. And and frankly, he is O and O. But wouldn't you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you say it's it's safe to say that after that Rose Bowl game, all those kind of stats are thrown out the window because they were throwing up stats left and right on the game broadcast about when Oklahoma scores this, they've never been beaten, and showed the overtime stats of all teams. And well, I mean, a lot of ways, Saban has beaten his former assistants. The reason that has legs is that. People have been trying to replicate what right. Saban has done with little success, right? I mean, the closest before Kirby Smart would probably have been McElwain at Colorado State, yeah. maybe. Um, well, I guess D'Antonio at um, D'Antonio at Michigan State yeah. has has been very right. good uh, you know, historically. But it's not like Belichick. <clears throat> but it's not Belichick, like, right? right. right? And, but you know, and frankly, Saban if played Belichick, who of course was he was an assistant to Belichick. Yeah, he'd probably get killed. Well, I mean, yeah, they lost two games this one season. Yeah. He coached in Miami. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, Belichick. I, Saban is actually a couple of scalps on on Belichick's wall. Uh, that's right. Really back so, that you know, it, it is. I think you want to be extraordinarily careful about comparing what is easily one of the top two or three college football coaches of all time, and there's a good argument to be made the best of all time. Okay. Um, and if he wins this game, I think, I think you, I, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. You have to be careful about that. Um, the other thing you have to be careful about is you have to be careful about the expectations of success placed on Saban's assistance when they went to programs, right? McElwain, three years of Florida. Muschamp, three years of Florida. He, he played Muschamp a couple times. Um, you know, I guess Dan Antonio at, um, at Michigan State has been given the longest reign of anybody. He's also earned it, you know, <laughs> duly at Tennessee. You want to be very careful about drawing those comparisons. Now, having said all of that, it's also not hard to say, and we've said it more than once on this, Smart's gotten pretty close. Yeah, Kirby's a right. little different. Yeah, Kirby is different, <laughs> right? He has, he has beaten the prognostications of all of our friends at Everyday Should Be Saturday who thought he was going to be Will Muschamp with a better haircut. And I, That or, may have been a, a wishful thing. That well, I think that's probably wishful will thinking. Into and, and frankly— They're not saying that a lot these by days. By the way, by the way, Will Muschamp was 9-4 at South Carolina this year. Yeah. So oh, maybe he— And, and he, he just beat Michigan. And I'm okay yeah. with— I'm okay with Will Muschamp being a nine and nine and three SEC coach as long as one of those three is George every year. Yeah, for what it's worth, 2015 is totally blown away that Will Muschamp just beat John, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 2015 woke up with a hanger was like, I don't even understand the world. So, um, so I think you want to be very careful. I mean, the stats that matter in this game are how the teams have done this season, and particularly how they've matched up against other teams they played. In, in fact, what we'll see on, on Monday, which leads me to a point. I, I had a feeling I had this moment of on the way over here. I was like, I'm not dreading Monday. Yeah. I'm not dreading the game Monday. I can think I would think back to about the 15 game and, and I did predict Georgia to win. 
Um, I, I was obviously wrong in that prediction, uh, extraordinarily wrong. But, you know, I talked myself into a, a path to victory for Georgia. But in, in the deepest recesses of my darkness uh, in my heart, I, I was worried to death about that game. I'm not worried about this game. We belong on the field with Alabama. Actually, Alabama belongs on the field with us. There you go. I'll say it that way. Alabama belongs on the field with us. Georgia won the SEC championship, and they beat the team that beat both Georgia and Alabama. Hats off to you, UCF. But we played a tougher schedule. We played a tougher, in my mind, an t- opponent that was more ready for what we wanted to do. And we show, we've shown more versatility in, in winning the games we've won than Alabama has. Now, an, an alternative view to that would be the one team that both Georgia and Alabama has lost to, of course, was at Auburn. Mm-hmm. The score was closer in the Alabama game. <clears throat> But you could argue Auburn beat them almost as soundly as they beat Georgia. But they did beat Georgia more soundly than they beat Alabama. Yeah. And, and the difference is, is, is Auburn straight up beat Alabama. I um, beat Georgia. Yeah. Auburn got in Alabama's head, and Alabama freaked the hell out. In a way that I haven't seen a Saban team freak out since they lost to Ole Monroe in 2007. Right? Or six, or whatever year that was. Seven. Seven. It's flabbergasting to me that they had those two snaps in a row. Yeah. Go wrong. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not a it's that thing. Auburn that's crowd. That's a Zook thing, man. <laughs> that's like well, it, But it is, it is the Auburn crowd, which, which is an important thing for us to think about as we, as we think about what can happen in this football game. Look, I am, there's an entire range of possibilities on the table here. We'll get to predictions in a few minutes. But there's an entire range of possibilities. The, the one thing that I am, um, I am most confident won't happen is either team will blow out the other. That's the one thing I'm most confident. I don't think Alabama or Georgia will beat them the way Auburn beat both of those teams. And by the way, the the Clemson Alabama game score wise was terrible. The game was very evenly matched. It it was it was very evenly matched. To be fair, it was the way that Alabama went. I was yeah. going to ask. It was oh, yeah, evenly yeah, yeah. matched. It was evenly matched. But they didn't uh, make mistakes. They didn't make mistakes. Other team made, and they kept right. I mean, they had. And once they, they had that twenty four six lead, we talked last week about what happens if Oklahoma has a twenty four six lead or a oh, so Georgia two different games. Lead. Two different games. If Alabama has a twenty four six lead on Georgia, this thing may be done. I will say, and then vice versa. For the record, uh, I think I think if Georgia has a twenty four six lead. On Alabama, the way these yeah. two teams play, I think it's hard to imagine a scenario where they come back. I like Georgia's chances more if they're down 24-7. Well, now you do. I would have liked them more before. Yeah. Our offense is more explosive. When you look at the if you if you look at the stats. So do you think those home run big big time home run plays that we had against Oklahoma are there this week against no, Alabama? No. Even even the fact they've lost I mean, all maybe, these linebackers. Maybe one. Maybe one. Yeah, yeah, they 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 plugged in Robotron number yeah, four. Yeah, you're just not. Yeah, exactly. You're not getting holes like that. I mean, not I mean, like would you ask the same question? I mean, we lost we lost one of our starting linebackers. Right. Do you remember his name now? Taylor Patrick. I'm just kidding. Okay, I saw, I saw Monty Rice out there a lot. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, we are in a similar situation. I think I, I, that I would say thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you you would not. Um, so that I think there is, I think there's an argument to be made that Georgia is better equipped. To, to do that. I think both teams can do it. I just think Georgia's better equipped to do it. I think that part of the problem with, for Alabama offensively is they basically have one wide receiver. Uh-huh. That's actually a big problem. They have one wide receiver. And he's awesome. And they also have a baby offensive coordinator. Yeah. And Yeah, but to be fair, they had an offensive coordinator last year who had been on the job for a week, two weeks. <laughs> and he actually did a pretty awesome job in that game. So I'll put it this way. We'll see what happens when you get these two teams on the field. The idea that Alabama is going to get out coached 
No, that's not happening. It's not happening. That's not happening. And that doesn't mean that Georgia can't do smart things. And the, but for for the record, I don't think Oklahoma got out coached. No, no. I just think Kirby did great things, yes. and so did Oklahoma. But Kirby did the last great thing. Yeah, it's probably the best way yeah. to put that. I feel like the coaching matchup. You're not going to see mistakes. I don't think you know. It's funny we talked. We I haven't really talked about this, but the, a lot of Oklahoma beat writers are really down on the play calling of Oklahoma in overtime. Like that was like that's a lot of their takeaway from that game is that they got conservative. They did and they got they got yeah, side to side happy. They took the ball out of Mayfield's hand. Yeah. I mean, like they didn't let the, their Heisman Trophy winner well, win the game for them. And well, that the, is not to be a bad fair, point. Georgia was key in on their. Heisman Trophy winner sacked him five times. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I mean, that's what the third quarter was. That's I'm, why yeah. they won. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying it's inaccurate. I'm just saying there are reasons behind that. But I'm just saying that moment's not going to happen in this no. game. Like if you're gonna beat Saban, yeah. you have to beat him with yeah. your guys. You're not gonna out scheme him. You're not gonna. You're just not going to. You have, so, to take your, you have to take their best shot. Yeah, and and I not that I don't think George Cable said they absolutely are, but the mm-hmm. idea that you're getting any sort of, like, I've been so blown away. This is why I wrote one of my sports notes columns about this week. Just watching Kirby coach, it's a physical it's fun. act. It's yeah. fun. Like, it's actively, I actually hate watching coaches coach. Because yeah. like, really coaches, anytime you see a coach on a broadcast, it's usually just a reaction shot. It's like a manager sitting in the dugout chewing gum. Like, you know. Well, I, uh, I mean, it's the thing that we railed about Mark Rick. He never showed any emotion. Yeah. And but Kirby's not just showing emotion, which is one of my favorite things about him too. Yeah, he's I love it. But like up. again, the the moment that I focused on from that Rose Bowl game is a play that didn't actually work. Is the is on that goal line stand at the end of the second half to see him like just downloading information individually to each one of his guys. And it, I remember watching it thinking they really might stop them here. And I have no evidence to see this because they've been scoring on us like <laughs> yeah. crazy the whole half. But it really just felt that like they're going to stop this thing. And they would have if Oklahoma, again, a great coaching staff of their own, had not called the absolute perfect play to beat them. Yeah. But that, and because they had to, because they clearly saw that Kirby was doing so. For me, for all the, all the talk we talk about Kirby, and I want to take one moment to talk. Did you, uh, you've been traveling. Did you read Pete Thamel's piece about I have the recruiting not. apparatus? It, I do have it. I you got to read it. Tagged. I, I, I feel bad because I, I love Seth Emerson. I love all these Georgia Pete reporters. I think it's amazing that Pete Thamel got that kind of access to like learn all of this stuff about the, there's all this information in that piece that we did not know about Georgia's recruiting. The fact that there's all of these, they've budgeted like $500,000 for like eight people to be in charge of literally the schedules of every recruit to let them know, okay, you've got to practice next week. You've got, I joked in my piece that like, we're really one step away from them reminding them that their, their mom needs flowers and you've got prom coming up. And that's how, that's the preparation idea, which to me was the thing you definitely thought you were getting with Kirby. You yeah. thought you were getting that organization, the recruiting, taking advantage of this Georgia thing that we've all known we had. What's been so exciting for me this year and was particularly exciting at that moment was to see just the hands-on, I keep going back to the word physical, but like there's something physical. Tommy Tomlinson, the uh, great writer, he's right for Sports on Earth, now writes for the Charlotte newspaper and ESPN, said that he, when he watches Kirby coach, it feels like he just wants to be out there playing. Yeah. Like, like, you know, and that's he's one step away from going out there and playing himself. That's obvious. And to watch him coach is fun in a way that's not usually fun 
to watch coaches coach. Well, just seeing him run down the sideline and calling that timeout yeah. right right before um, halftime. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just and there's nothing performative about it. about it. That's nothing I really like about it, too. A yeah. lot of coaches have a performative aspect yeah. to them. He's just I don't physically active. He's just really into it, man. <laughs> and, and well, I mean, the same way he was chasing Swift down the sideline exactly. in the SEC championship exactly. game. And yeah. had that great joke in the, uh, in the awards thing where he said he would have beat him, but he pulled a, he pulled a hammy. Uh, which uh, which may be true, but so that's the point though. Is I in it's hard. I'll put it this way: it is the best compliment I can give to Kirby Smart and his staff that I feel like the coaching matchup is even. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, and that is I don't know I don't know that I 100 percent agree with that. Uh, maybe across the board, um, I, I think on a one off basis, it's hard to argue that. And uh, until Kirby shows it, he's, he probably is outmatched as a head coach. Um, and that's I don't say that to denigrate Kirby. Of course, um, we're talking about Nick Saban. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but you know, when you when you look at, well, I'd take Mel Tucker over yeah. over Pruitt right now. Certainly would take Cheney over Dabble. I, I don't think there's any argument that Scott Sinclair and the clown they have at um, <laughs> at uh, Scott Cochran yeah. at uh, the, the Trophy Breaker um, at uh, <laughs> Alabama. This is a baller uh, move. Yeah. Um, by the way, if we win this game, we better send a, a gross of black roses to Scott Carter. I'm just saying. <laughs> For the should. record, if we win this game, I want us to send our own runner-up trophy oh, to them. Oh, that would be good. Full of like... Of black like, roses. Yeah, like full of something that like totally explodes on impact. Yeah. <laughs> just, a glitter like, bomb? Yeah, a glitter bomb. Yeah, a I'm, glitter I'm bomb sure. would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I think when you, when you start comparing... Uh, position by position, I like our coaching staff, actually. Um, I, I think you're probably right. Our coaching staff does match up very well. Yeah. Um, I, I think the— I would at, still, at, like, if you're asking—if you made me pick one edge, I think you'd take Alabama just because I mean, they won five national championships, four national championships. But that's the reason, not because I feel like— Yeah, like if, if, it comes down, if it comes down to an intangible— um, a team that handles this and knows how to handle it. Um, the the one thing that, frankly, that has impressed me about how Georgia has played, particularly in the SEC championship and the Rose Bowl, is how well they handled uh, the stage and how well they handled diversity in the stage in the Rose Bowl. Um, because like a lot, of I think that was a I think that was a fair. A question or point of criticism uh, about the Auburn game is that we did not handle that at all in a way we had handled it all season. Yeah, yeah they did a they did a commendable job in the Rose Bowl because you'd be uh, you'd be kidding yourself if that Auburn game didn't creep into your mind. Like, are they going to lose it here because of how bad they're getting beat on both sides of the ball here? Well, I think the the one thing that yeah, maybe not both sides. I, I guess Offense the, was keeping the fact that uh, Kirby was so critical, even at the end of the game when people are trying to throw bouquets his way, and he was basically saying, "No, we didn't play good enough." I was kind of shocked to hear him say that, but no, he knew he had a he knew he had another game. That's a great statement, right? He knew he had another game to play. Yeah, um, you know the the one thing is is that people forget this. We were a missed field goal away from being not even going overtime, right? I mean, sure. you know, we we had the. We had throat, throat slash Baker Mayfield on the missed field goal, uh, and it's it's hard to look back. Rodrigo missed a field goal that it was struck well, but it's wasn't struck great. Yeah, it's it's hittable. hittable, and he turned around on that stage, down seventeen points with a second on the clock, and nails a fifty-five yarder, five long, yards, seven yards longer than his longest. Yes, and the longest in Rose Bowl history. Yeah, 
I mean, that's... I love him so much. Yeah. I love I mean, you just wanna, so yeah. much. Yes. I'm, and I told you, did, did, did you didn't tell Will about no. the Men and Blazers. So Men and Blazers have Rodrigo lapel pins. Oh, that's... It's that's am- I got chill bumps again. That's wild. It's amazing. That's wild. That is amazing. Well, it's just, a, it's just a shot of his face with the goggles. And yeah, the it's incredible. <laughs> Another shout out once again to the kid at Georgia basketball games who's dressed up like Rodrigo. And wears his helmet with the specs the whole game. It's incredible. He's the best. He was not at the game last week, but uh, he's got to be at the game Saturday. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of the media people, the national media covering this game, talking about they're they're worried that George is going to be tired because of the travel back from the West Coast and everything. Do you think that's? I mean, they've got five more days even from right now before the game. You think you even think that is something to consider? Dude, I'm 49. I'm ready to run through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's true. That's true. But to give them their due credit on this, yes, I think it's fair. In any other scenario, yeah. When if like remember, it's only six, seven games, uh, seven days. Excuse me, it's only seven days yeah. between these games. This is yeah. a regular game week. Seven days between the two games. The I if if this were the regular season. And a team had just gone through we just the game. We just played overtime through. at Southern Cal and then had to play Alabama at home. Here's a great example of this. The last time that Alabama wasn't favored was a week after that Mississippi game. Because that Mississippi oh, that game, game was went, absolutely they, insane. They might still be playing that game. Yeah, so the idea that like, if this were the regular season and the stakes were not this high, we would totally say, look at the game they just went through. Yeah, that's fair. I don't want to bring you down even more, but I just remembered in 2008, the week before we played Alabama, we played at Arizona State. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and then we came home and yeah. lost to Alabama oh, really bad. That. Damn. What were you doing in 08 when Georgia played Alabama? I was uh, I was leaving Deadspin. That was the time that, that was the year that I left Deadspin and um, and started New York Magazine. So starting 10 years in New York Magazine. Oh wow, wow. Since we brought up basketball for a minute, we should talk uh, just a second sure, sure. before we get into. Well, you know, we need to take a little like we're really. Is this, is this intermission? Or yeah, something? that's yeah. It is. Okay. We're fair this with that because I feel like we've talked. No, around I don't want to. Da- I don't want to downgrade we, basketball. But we've just, talked around the game. It's an I think we need to really get into the nuts and bolts and start yeah. talking about that's right how that's going to go. Yes, um, but so, intermission. So Georgia. Of course, this is how scriptwriters do things. Georgia plays Alabama in basketball at home on Saturday. <laughs> at yeah. noon. High noon. I will be at the game with my friend Matt Adair in Alabama. Yes, you will. I always yes, take him to, Matt, to the Matt's Alabama a good guy. And, but, yeah, it's going to be – it's going to – like, the game is sold out, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the game. It is, in fact, sold out. Yeah. I was at the game against Mississippi or Ole Miss, as you guys call it down here for some reason. It's the University of Mississippi. Why would you call it some name that's not its name? Because it's old. It's on their helmet. Yeah, I still – Because it's old. Yeah, but – I don't call Alabama 43 and 72. It's not Ole um, Miss. It's Ole Miss. It's just Mississippi. Uh, anyway. To you. But um, that was not a crazy crowd. Like, the, the, that was clearly everyone was hungover. Tired. And, like, there was no one had recovered yet from that game. That was, that was a Thursday night. That was a Wednesday night game. Only 48 hours after the game. And the, the whole crowd was... It was not. It was one of the worst crowds I've actually seen in the Georgia game. They won very comfortably, but there. But even there, the thing that everyone was talking about was, we actually can you believe we're playing Alabama on Saturday? So I think it will be a very. It's a shame it's a noon game. You wish that could. It wasn't so early. It wasn't like built up so much. But the idea that Alabama and Georgia are playing at noon and sold out, and frankly. Is actually a really big game for Georgia basketball. Yeah, and Alabama is very good. Yeah, and it's uh, the type of game you Alabama is a be team. Just on the road, right? Yeah, Alabama is a team that you're going to be battling for, for a yeah. spot from the SEC. You kind of got to beat them at home. And for some of the fans, it's going to be a little bit of an emotional day. Um, so Bob Rushton, who is a who was a huge Georgia fan, um, 
that used to run Ronnie B's here in town. You might have seen him, me talking with him. He, he always had gloves on the past few years, older, bald gentleman. Uh, he passed away on the second, as big a Georgia fan as wow. you would ever see. I'm told by people who would know that he was cognizant during the ball I've game. I've seen you talking to him at the basketball games? Yes, you've seen me talking to the basketball games. He is, uh, he's at all the Georgia basketball games. Uh, they're having a ceremony for him. Um, uh, a little memorial at the chapel at eleven o'clock on Saturday morning. Uh, request you wear red and black if you if you know mm-hmm. if you know Bob Rushton, um, and he has been a yeah. You know, I met him when Georgia played uh, the first time I ever met, I met him when Georgia played um, St. John's in the Big East SEC Challenge mm-hmm. in Madison Square. I got tickets from him. He always had tickets mm-hmm. to Georgia events, and I uh, got to be um, got to know him quite well. And it was uh, we knew we knew this was coming. Um, and the first question I had, it was like, man, I hope Bob was able to see this because I knew it was like literally last days. And I got a text from uh, a friend the morning of uh, the, t- the second Sydney passed away. I was like, please tell me, t- please tell me I got to see this. And he's like, yes, he got to see it. So that's why if you got to go, man, that's the time to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I, I, I say that out of total respect and love, yes. but like yes. the guy that's dedicated that long, it's one of the greatest moments in Georgia sports history. Is, uh, so it feels like that's a time to... Uh, yeah, I'm glad you see it. He and Larry Munson were having a big time. Yeah. So, yeah. so and one last thing on basketball is women's basketball. Women's yeah. basketball team, it looks like it is back-headed for the tournament. They are not top shelf. They lost to home to Mississippi State, the defending champs. But they're generally in route very comfortably to make it back to the tournament. The first tournament of Julie Taylor's. Uh, so they are they had an excellent recruiting class this year. Georgia basketball, women's basketball seems to be back on the right track. They wiped out Vanderbilt tonight. Vanderbilt stinks, but they wiped out Vanderbilt tonight. I think they've only got two losses on, on the, the road, year. actually. Yeah. So. so they are they are twelve and two. They look like they're gonna be back in the tournament. It'll be fun. And losing to Mississippi State is nothing to sneeze at. I mean they're the fitting champs. They beat they amazing. beat Connecticut. So yeah. They, sorry, they did not beat Connecticut. They South lost to South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So they're right. runners up. They have a trophy but that they Scott beat Connecticut. wants yeah, to right. smash. They beat Connecticut, and yeah, they beat Connecticut. That's almost better than winning the actual championship. So I forgot the Mississippi State did not actually win the championship because they beat yeah, Conne- they, they, they had the they USA beat, Finland thing. Yeah, yeah. They beat Finland and, and then lost to South Carolina. And now we come full circle. Yes, we do. Now <laughs> we come back. That was my goal by bringing up the women's team was to get us back uh, Makes sense. to that. So. It, it's funny. The odds makers, I think, is what, four? Four, four and a half? Open at four. I don't know where they are I think now. it's around the same. I, I saw four and a half today. Yeah, I think it's moved a little closer to Alabama, but not Let's see what dramatically. Says. So I think in either way. Um, I understand that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that the consensus on Alabama has been, oh, they've had these injuries. They've had, particularly on defense, well, they've had seven linebackers miss at least yeah. one game yeah. due to injury. And they're, they're without Sean Deon, mm. Sean Deon Hamilton, Dylan Moses, and then Anthony Hardaway. Jennings added Hardaway because I, <laughs> right. I just wanted to. <laughs> right, right. Um, is going to be out for the game. And again, that would be a major concern at a place like Oklahoma or a place like Clemson. But as Tony, I think, very well put it earlier, they'll just bring in Robo linebacker one and Robo linebacker two. That doesn't mean that like they will be as good as that person because if they were as good as that person, they'd be starting. Well, they still finished first in total defense and yards allowed per play. They're awesome. Like, the they're injuries. Alabama. And it's funny, when you take a step back from it, this season has been obviously so incredible for Georgia, and we've almost kind of said... Well, the Auburn loss was, it just got away from you, and that crowd was so crazy, and it was just, it, like, it didn't actually reflect as to who Georgia was. Well, you know who could really say that would be Alabama, because they dominated pretty much everybody all year 
other than that Auburn game. Mm -hmm. And so for me, and yes, they made a lot of the same mental mistakes that Georgia made in their game at Auburn. I'm curious what Auburn fans actually think, other than just fury and rage about watching this game. I mean, the closest analogy I can think of is when um, my first year at Illinois, um, Florida played Ohio State in the national championship (laughs) game. It was just like, I just, I really hope the officials have a field day. Yeah. Um, and then you add that in that Auburn has the the added uh, anchor around their neck of having had UCF embarrass them in the Chick Fil A yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Um, it's, been, it's been a tough week for them. It's not been a great week, yeah. and it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch. <laughs> but. Um, you, you you almost have to hate watch this game, right? I mean, you're a college football fan. You're going to watch it, um, but you you just have to be like. I mean, I, I can't. There's there's no great analogy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's it's so rare that as a fan base, your two greatest football rivals that you are, beat that soundly. you beat. Yeah. Um, you're the only loss. The only thing bad on both of a national championship game. Seventy miles from your home. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just. I mean, you know, I, I said this on the little the the review podcast, and it's it's actually true. I mean, somebody said on the way out, it's like, you know, Hollywood's just over that hill over there, and they they couldn't have script written something better. Well, on the metal level, think about that. I mean, they could not have Alabama. I mean, Auburn beat the two teams in the national championship game, and then they go and lose their their bowl game on the national stage to the team that is now claiming a national championship. <laughs> yeah, because think about it. Had they beat Central Florida soundly or yes. something, a couple of them, have been, they would have been making T-shirts like Georgia Southern does, like we get a national championship also. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's just it's a nuts thing. And, but I, I guess my point of that is the thing that we excuse, the one thing that went wrong for Georgia this year is the Auburn game. Yep. It really went very wrong. Yep. And otherwise, we're like, wow, everything's been awesome. For what it's worth, Alabama has the exact same thing, except it actually didn't go as badly for them as it did for Georgia. And I think that there has been this, because everybody's always looking for some sort of error with Alabama or some sort of, of thing that doesn't, oh, they're not as good as they were last year. They're not as good. This is not the best Alabama team. Everyone's always looking for that so much that you forget that they were the best team by far all year. Uh-huh. Like all season, they were clearly the best team in college football. Even when Georgia was ahead, Georgia had a better resume. Georgia had a better resume than Alabama. They were considered the best team. Yeah, but I think generally speaking, well, their, you, their, their schedule was trash. When Georgia was one, and Alabama was two. Right. If they would have played on a neutral field, Alabama would have been favored by five or six points. Sure. And I mean, the, we're seeing that now. Yeah. And so, exactly, because it's basically not. Yes. The, 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 to be fair, I'm curious about the odds of that because we've talked about what we think the fan, like who's going to, how many Georgia fans is going to be, how many Alabama fans are going to be. I think the presumption that odds makers and, and people that are betting are making is that it's a neutral field. I'm not sure it's going to be a neutral field. I don't think it will be. But if, I don't know if that means that they're accounting for that or not accounting for that. But certainly, I'm just saying that, like, Alabama is Alabama. <laughs> like, they are Alabama. And we can talk about how Georgia is having this dream season. And, yeah, it's got to be Alabama at the end. It's got to be Alabama at the end. Except that Alabama is really awesome. <laughs> and here's a great way to put it. When we were all watching 
the playoffs be announced and who is going to be going. I think they made the right decision by putting Alabama in. But, man, this game would feel a lot better if Ohio State would have gotten that spot, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the, I have to say, like, obviously Georgia wouldn't be playing Alabama, so Georgia would be playing either, either Clemson, Clemson or Ohio, Ohio State. State. And I would be like, man, well, we could take those guys. Yeah, now, especially I haven't watched the – only because we have a template yeah. for beating yeah. right. Ohio State. Right. You know, the thing I will say about that, and I guess argue in the contrary, is that we have the best offense Alabama's faced, period, mm-hmm. uh, this season. We have the third best defense they've faced. Those other two defenses are Clemson, where they got 261 yards mm-hmm. and needed, frankly, they needed some defensive help to win. Mm-hmm. And Auburn, where they had 314 yards and scored 14 points. It just looked flamoxied. So I'm not saying that's dispositive because I think there are more factors in play there. When you sit down and look at their schedule, I think Georgia has faced more tests this season. Obviously, Alabama's faced more tests over the course of time, and they probably have a little older and more Mm. seasoned roster than Georgia does, notwithstanding the two running backs that beat Eric Dickerson's and and Craig James' uh, rushing record. Mm -hmm. Didn't Uh, Craig James kill a few hookers in Dallas today? That that is merely, merely No, his son was just put in closets by Mike Leach. It's merely a rumor. That's right. Never, ever happened. Eric Dickerson also never drove a free Trans Am. Wait a minute, I think all those things happened. Um, (laughs) That's all of very long way of saying that while Alabama has been tested this season, it might be easy to say that Alabama hasn't been put up against a team that is as well coached as Georgia, although I think you can make that argument to have a Sweeney's team, and also that brings as much on both sides of the ball as Georgia does. We forget they won by seven and had to come back against Mississippi State. Now, those are two different teams and different places in the season, but you know the, the, the seeds of what Auburn did to Alabama were, were sown there. This is the thing, though. Like, the reason Alabama is favored, and the real, the real reason that Alabama is favored, and the real reason that most national people are picking Alabama is teams like Georgia's don't, don't usually be. Oh, it's Alabama. a safe pick. Yeah. It's utterly well, no, safe it's pick. not just a safe pick, though. It is. It is it a is. safe pick. It's, but it's not just that. The teams that beat Alabama, frankly, have Johnny Manziel, yeah, have Deshaun Watson. Have the they do something different? So are you saying Baker Mayfield would have matched I'm up well? I'm saying that people that play the way that Alabama does don't beat Alabama. So I'm they glad something weird. I'm glad you brought <laughs> okay. that up because that gets into one of the things I've been thinking about. We have Rodrigo. <laughs> he is weird. I love this weird. He's my um, freaky freak. So that gets a little bit into one of the things you were saying earlier about the offense. We'll see. So we. We didn't show it much this week, but we've shown it through the season, the ability to run on a run play option out of multiple sets. We've run it out of the pistol. We've, I, we've frankly run it out of tradi- a, you know, traditional pro set. I think we'll see a lot of jet sweeps. I, I don't think we will try. I hope we don't try to run the ball into the teeth of that, yeah. that defense. That seems folly to me. We'll see some runs up the middle because that's what Georgia does. There weren't actually uh, a ton of jet sweeps. Against no, we, we ran, I think, one yeah. against Oklahoma. We didn't need to. Uh, we yeah. were able to run the, the either. You were able to get nine Sony Michels in the Yeah, we were able line. to run the, the, standard, uh, the, the standard quick draw or a, um, um, some variation of the power toss. But having said all of that, that gets back to something we said earlier. Uh, there were a lot of times where Fromm had a lot of potential yardage on the run play option. 
What about the reemergence of Charlie Warner right at the first quarter? That Might was that kind be of crazy, wasn't it? Right, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, we yeah, see yeah. against yeah. Alabama? Well, or, or like a Christian Payne? I don't think he's it's playing. It's funny to think that tight end is such a strength with Blazevich and Nada, and it turns out to be him that gets uh, Has Blazevich caught a pass all year? Oh, I think uh, he has. It's a couple, been a yeah. while. It's been a while. Well, you know, if it hadn't been for what Alabama did shutting down Hunter Renfro against Clemson, I would have made – Tied in would be something that well, we got to look at this guy more, um, but they just they really did shut down. I'm actually kind of surprised Oklahoma still like I know they went a couple times to, to Flowers, yeah, but that still felt like something that was open uh, he was, for them he constantly. Was, I thought it was probably a little more well covered than that. Yeah. Although I have to so in like, the third quarter everyone was covered. I was covered, but the Georgia yes, defense in the third quarter. Yes. <laughs> the thing about it when we have the ball that that will be really important to me is we have to be able to, frankly, we have to be able to let from call plays and shift them and and mm. that does scare me uh it scares me way less than it did no it scares me less than it did before the rose yes too. yes um it still scares me and but i mean i think we have to be in a position where we can move people talent positions around and create mismatches uh against an alabama defense frankly the strength of their team is because they are on the front or the back end I mean, their their defensive backfield was really, really good. Wims and Godwin have their work cut out for them. Yeah. Oh, well, but, but Kirby recruited Fitzpatrick and Rashawn Evans. Yeah, so yeah. he yeah. kind of knows how to maybe their weaknesses. I don't know. Mika Fitzpatrick is he'll be a top five pick. He's a transcendent player the way that frankly Roquan Smith is. Yep, he's a transcendent player on their defense that. Yep. That when we talk about Roquan's going to have his moment, which he totally did mm-hmm. uh, in the in, it's funny. God bless Roquan Smith. He still gets his moment in a fifty four forty eight game. Yeah, like he still has his def- definitive save the game moment. Yeah, uh, Smallwood. Oh, that hit. Yeah, I mean, no. Yeah. Is there anybody else that hits no. him that doesn't? No. He doesn't get the first down. He just he just completely turned the guy around. Yeah. We also have to worry about what Alabama can do in the offense. They've scored points, maybe not quite as many as Georgia has, but they got to worry points. about number ninety four. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that was a that really was, it, it, interesting play. If that was Georgia, that would have been flagged because it was a total pick play by the other two offensive linemen blocking down on, on Clemson. But isn't that the most Alabama thing ever? That like they have a big Heisman candidate, nine number ninety four, who can not only catch the ball but he actually make sure his toes stay in bounds. Yeah. Like that is the most Alabama thing ever. It is like uh, no, they don't do NCAA football anymore on the on the video game. But yeah. like yeah, he's just yeah, got yeah. his catch level. Just, just to make – as this to everything else being in the 90s, his catch level's in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I think – I keep hearing people talking about you need to make Hurts beat you with his arm. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I mean, I think – I mean, when you look at the stats, the games they've struggled in, uh, Hurts has been their top rusher. That's probably partially because he does run the ball some, but it's also because they have limited – uh, his options and he's taken off and run. It's also worth knowing that their second leading receiver right now is probably Scarborough. Yep. <laughs> like, like that's another issue for them. And that, that's a, that obviously speaks to a strength that they have, yep. but also speaks to the fact that they really only have one wide receiver they really trust. Yeah. Um, although that's a really good wide receiver. Uh, so I, haven't, I haven't seen any articles about the Calvin Ridley, Riley Ridley thing. The fact that two brothers are playing against each other. Well, it's because it's not Sunday. There's still more stories to write. Yeah. Wait after media day. Um, I'm you're not going to, going to, you're going to that, right? I'm yeah, not it seems going like your thing. You should with the, with I, the phone for say, hey, we'll each wait and since I saw your I podcast. I love media day. I love canned things where everyone just tries to make Can it Can you send Tony? He'll make friends with everybody. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, he will. He will. You actually would do a, a million times better uh, job of really that would. than I would. Because I'll just sit back there. Can you make there. that happen? I'll sit back in the back with disdain for the whole process. Can you make it happen? Yeah, I can't make it happen. Well, well you would actually, you, you would do better at this if it – 
If it were important, you would. Because you're you're consummate professional. I wouldn't if you give me a chair in a back room with someone where I yeah. can talk to them for twenty minutes. Yeah. I can do something. Something kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. When they're tied to it and have to answer my questions or I'll shoot them. Yes. I'm an excellent reporter that way. <laughs> By the way, that's how that's how Chad got his job. Yeah, that's totally how <laughs> we met. That's how all three of us met, actually. <laughs> Will's so, like, do you want a podcast? Yes, <laughs> yes, please, please. We all swiped right on we the same gift. Seriously, put away <laughs> the app. Um, yes. You know, we, we, the the other thing is, is that we we had to play, we had to play far more disciplined in both halves. Uh, we had to play disciplined against the pass um, than in the way we did in the second half. Um, you know, and, and we did a good job of getting to Mayfield, but the reason we were able to get to Mayfield is he just had nobody to throw to. Yeah. He had even the even his long pass play completed. That was a really a nice uh, pass play. I mean, we, it was fairly well defended. It wasn't perfectly defended. It was fairly well defended. And we, we had a we had I think McKee um, was against McKee was it against McKee the long pass down the left side um, in the second on the end of the third quarter. Let's go with yes. Yes, sure. Um, oh, but, the one yeah. where he caught it like David Tyree right yeah, on his way up yes, high, that was and it was it was a really I mean, it's a really nice pass play. And um, you know what? I was really worried that was going to be one of those plays, kind of like Julian Edelman had against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Just like, how did he catch that and hang on to that and then yeah. come out there and bite you? That catch, when you look at it in slow motion, he had just the back tip yeah, of the football. Yeah, he, he, he had a really good grip on the ball, and McGee was just not able to, he was not able to push it out. Um, Javon Wims would have made that catch, too. Yeah, of course he would have. Um, so, the, which, which also gets me to, we got to turn passes to fend interceptions. I, I, I'm not saying we have to intercept Hurts three times or anything like that, but it certainly makes our job easier if we are able to create turnovers in a way that, frankly, Alabama's going to want to. And that is the way, when you, st- when you start thinking about you know, playing the Alabama game, um, playing the Alabama game really is about creating mistakes that you make that turn into points for them. That's what they did against Clemson, right? I mean, they have 261 yards, but they also got – Literally four, almost fourteen gimme points. Literally seven gimme points off a, a pick six, and then they had a six play twenty seven yard drive off another interception. Six play twenty seven yards. I, I can't even do that math. Yeah. Right. This, this, they barely got first downs <laughs> inside. I mean, they got three three first downs inside twenty seven yards somehow. Yeah. Right. That's so, barely sneaking it in. That's barely sneaking it in. And you know they they did have a couple of longer drives, fifty yard drives. Well, in that fourth quarter, they looked terrible. I mean, they were all over the place. Well, Saban were, was yelling yeah, at Brian Yeah, but they were super Dayball. vanilla. They were super vanilla. I was at that Clemson-Alabama game last year, the National mm-hmm. Championship game in Tampa. And the thing that everyone kind of forgets from that game, because Foster was so amazing, so yeah. Watson was so amazing, is that last drive when Hurts basically scored what should have been a game-winning touchdown yeah. on his own. Yeah. Like, that was all him. We've not seen a lot. If you thought, we haven't seen a lot of this year because he only had one interception. They've been very... Careful with him all year, but he is still like an incredible talent. And remember, they've had what's his name, Tui Asasopo, Tui, the other yeah. guy, and he's barely seen the field. He's barely seen the field. And yeah. remember, at the beginning of the year, they were like, "Oh, he is he going to take over for Hertz?" And he hasn't. Hertz has totally been the guy all year. I will never forget that drive. That drive that he, if, if you get a chance, go oh, back straight money. And, it was amazing. If you go back, if you want to be. Really scared going into this game. Go back and watch that drive that Hurts leads on his own, essentially, to basically what should have won Alabama the national championship last year as a true freshman. 
what he should what should have won that if Deshaun Watson weren't just a miracle worker. That's what should have happened. And her and we've seen him do that at the most stressful of possible moments. And we've also seen Alabama, frankly, do what Georgia did against Oklahoma, where they were facing a team that could score really fast and they had to adjust what they really that they usually do and what they're comfortable with doing. Alabama had to shift and they had to be fast. They had to go in the field quickly. And they did because they're Alabama. And it's, we, I think there's this sense because Alabama is so good at doing the pick you up and let your legs kick yeah, off, kick yeah. until you die, you or crock-potting, as, as uh, the solid verbal calls it. <laughs> we're so used to seeing them do that that we think, oh, well, that's just how Alabama wins every game. But the fact is, that's how they win most games because that's just the way they have to win. But when they are punched in the mouth, as we have seen, they are able to adjust and they are able to make changes in a way that 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 we just saw Georgia do. We literally just saw Georgia do that against Oklahoma. But the idea that Alabama has to play a certain way, I, I'm not sure that's necessarily true. I'm really glad you brought that up because that was one of the things I was thinking. It's like, you know, we we as we I've been worried about whether or not Georgia could actually come back. I and mean, we talked about whether yeah. they could. And that is exactly what Alabama did last year against Clemson. Now they lost the game uh, because it took a superhuman effort from a superhuman effort, a really, from really, really good <laughs> like, football player. Right? Super. I'm almost like I'm as frankly as almost like Vince Young. Yeah. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, if Watson hadn't got hurt, he the Texans are in the playoffs. Oh yeah. He's yes. leading them on his own. Like yes. he was a transcendent player. He is in his first year player. in the NFL. Yes. Um, and by the Vince Young was not. Yes. And, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But having said all of that. When you sit down and look across the board, I mean, who is – if you had to – I mean, if you had to say, who is the best football player on the field? The one deep, both sides. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick and Roquan Smith. Fitzpatrick, yeah, yeah. right. Roquan Smith, who, who, who's next? Uh, for Alabama um, – Jalen Hurts is kind of the straw that stirs the drinks. So no. gotta, yeah, I wouldn't say he's the third best player on the field. I, I, think, I think it's Nick Chubb. Yeah, then you're looking at Chubb. Or oh, I thought you were just Chubb. saying Alabama. No, 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 no. The way, the way that Chubb and Michelle – I mean, they're a 1A and 1B. Right. So out of the top four, three of them are Georgia players. That's where Georgia wins. Like, right? Like, that's where Georgia wins is if this attrition battle that everyone expects to have happened. Alabama's lost everybody on defense. They're already down to their last leg. They haven't lost everybody on defense. Like, they've lost lost the one and now the 1A guy comes in. I think it's more like three or four. They've lost one, 1A, now 1B's in. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's... Again, again. Anthony Hardaway's out, too. No, I know. No, Jennings is out. Yeah, but I he's replaced that. by a little penny, so it all works out very well. <laughs> that was a bad move. Whoa! <laughs> um, amazing. Yeah. A so, one, one other thing before we start uh, getting into Scott's trivia. I assume that's what I, we're I, doing I do. I do. I'm excited. Uh, Are we doing so, that now? Yeah, well, I, I do Let's have one wrap other, up. I do, we'll I do have one other thing. One thing I keep going over, I looked, went back and looked at kickoffs. Because I think field position has been a very important part of Alabama's game. For example, they started nearly every drive. They started every scoring drive from inside of Clemson's yeah. territory. Uh, and they have, they have uh, I think if you look at Bill Conley, so I think it's like third in field position in the nation. So one of the things I went back and looked at was, was kickoffs because Rodrigo is, is putting touchbacks of 75-plus percent uh, rate, which is really impressive, right? And then you look at Alabama's kicker, they're doing it at 45%. I was like, but they averaged almost within a yard of one another, which means Alabama's covering kicks extraordinarily well. 
right? They are really doing a good job of the kicks that don't go in the end zone. I mean, Kirby learned it from watching you, Dad. Right. Like, like that's totally right. like what it is. Right. But, you know, that means they are, they've had within two or three number of kickoffs, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Alabama's kicker has had um, in the neighborhood of, of 20 fewer touchbacks, which means anytime somebody brings the ball out, they're making them pay. Yeah. So we have to be really careful about that. Um, and, and we'll talk about We cannot actual, have one of those Hardeman gaps. Right, right. That's what I was about to say. Uh, we can talk about uh, Hardeman and, and whether or not he's actually going to do something in this game, but we have to be careful of that because that yeah. can turn – because it is very important that it's far much better. It's very, 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 very important that we start on the 25-yard line if we're going to bring the ball out and start on the 15. Well, let's not forget, like, this is one of the main advantages that Georgia had over Oklahoma. Yeah. With oh, yeah. the special teams for Georgia was oh, so yeah. much better yeah. across the board than Oklahoma. We, you, Scott, you yourself said that Hardeman was going to be a big guy. It didn't turn out to be Hardeman, but it certainly turned out to be the special teams. Yeah, special teams. And Alabama is going to match you on special teams. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking about you, Tony, when Rodrigo hit the last two or three kickoffs short of the goal line. I, I could feel you, like, tensing up, even oh, though did. I wasn't with you. But our coverage team... I think it was uh, who, who's the stud out of uh, Vidalia, the, the Nate McBride. Nate McBride. Yeah. He was down there. Is he a walk on or is he? A, no, no, no. no, 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 no who's no, no, who's no, the walk on that made the big tackle? Tay Crowder. No, Tay Crowder's the one that snagged yeah, the. Yeah, I know. You, uh, yeah, uh, you know what I'm talking about. We, yeah. We, yeah, we saw it. So the thing about on special teams that is is where it will matter is is given Nas like a scholarship is going to pay off. Yeah. Um, he is out punting Alabama's kicker by about three yards on average. Uh, his inside, Columbia. The, yeah, his his inside the twenty average is, is much higher. His fair catch average is higher. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's it's a breaking news item to say. I think there's going to be a lot of punts in this game. Um, so that I think that is where the yeah, special if, if a team out. has one punt in the first half the way Oklahoma did, yeah, this game has gone it's weird, very weird, <laughs> extraordinarily weird. So, all right. So you want to do some trivia? Let's do and some then we'll trivia. Get into the serious business. Yeah, I've got some trivia. So um, we are playing Alabama. Yeah, that 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 is trivial, y'all. We're playing in the national championship That's game. True. You hadn't said that yet because you kept he saying said, y'all yeah. were playing in the Rose Bowl. So he said he said at the beginning of the show. That's how okay. we started. I wasn't paying attention. I was periscoping. That's yeah, all. I'll tell distracted. you, we can't do the periscope. This checks on, out. On, this yeah. checks out. I, I, get a I mean, distracted. we. I mean, we can do periscope in February. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And, well, and, I, and I probably will. When I'm breaking down Joe Lunardi, uh, oh, whether George is in or George is not, we can periscope when, when you say Kim Palm, I get George nervous. George is in. George yeah, is in. Okay. Yeah. George is. All right, so trivia. What is the name? Of this? We're going to start simple. What's the name of Alabama's mascot that runs around the field? Big Elephant? Big Al. Big Al. Big Al. I was halfway right. Do you know why they have an elephant as a mascot? Um, they do not adhere to good healthy eating standards. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why most football teams. I mean, think about. I am so. I've made Will guffaw, so I'm happy. I, well, I think you're right because think about they got this name <laughs> back in 1930. So think about Alabama in 1930. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, and this must be true. Completely true. Um, a fan in 1930 shouted, "Hold your horses! The elephants are coming." That and is, that's and it's stuck. Yeah, the most Alabama thing. It's it, the weirdest it, thing for it to stick. It really is. And so, uh, <laughs> Big Al was first seen in 1979. Wait, really? That that mascot was just invented in 1979. It's like like the San Diego chicken and Big Al. 
Because that was they were both big. I have back to then. say that makes me lose a little <laughs> bit of respect for Alabama. I yeah, assumed he was around for like a long time. Yeah. That's that's Wikipedia. Maybe you can update it, kind of like how Georgia owns uh, Neyland Stadium. Yes, yeah. yes. So. By the way, when uh, Texas A&M was growing the Miracle Tomato at Kyle Field, I may or may not have updated Wikipedia to include that because it's very important to me. <laughs> Miracle. Tomato. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> You you are an AGR, so I am an AGR. For the record, every tomato is a miracle. <laughs> yes, this is true because I couldn't be in your fraternity, Scott. <laughs> That's right. I was a Sigma Chi. Yeah, everyone was in Scott's fraternity, except for Tony. Everyone was in Scott's fraternity. <laughs> um, so, do you know why they're called the Crimson Tide? Uh, there's nothing I can say that's not you're not going to bleep. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's in reference to the 21 male and female. Sports teams that play for the University of Alabama, they are the Crimson Tide. It's like a tide of... The collective. Uh, there you go. They, oh. maybe, maybe we can call them the collective tide. Yeah. That would be more 2018. Yes. Okay. All right, I thought it was because Tom Clancy wrote a good book. <laughs> that, the movie is awesome. The, the movie is spectacular. Awesome. The movie yeah. is really awesome. Is it better than the book? I've never read the book. Yeah. I, the thing I love about the movie is that Quentin Tarantino did like script editions late yeah. in the process on it, yeah. and you can tell. Yes, like because there it are jumps. Some, there are like clearly moments. If you ever like one thing, Denzel Washington has never been the Quentin Tarantino movie. That's as close as he's gonna get. There are times where Denzel Washington is reciting Quentin Tarantino dialogue, and it yes. is amazing. Awesome. Did, did you know that I've been in a Denzel Washington movie? I think I'd heard this. Yes. Which one? Remember the Titans? Yeah. You can see I me. remember the Titans. We you were in the Titans? Yeah, you can see me three times. Oh, that's right, I forgot about this. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Hey, go go uh, fast forward to the funeral scene. I, yeah, I forgot about this. He is completely Not to give anything away, but there's a funeral scene at the end yeah. of the movie, and you'll yeah. see me right seen it yet. behind yeah. Denzel and his wife. I'm standing there, yes. and I'm about to place a rose on Bertier's casket. I'll, I'll tell you about Tom Clancy's story offline. All right. we got to put this. That's got to... Uh, why is that... set that out to the ways his last Saturday? I think we mentioned it back in season one when we had like 30 listeners. I'd forgotten about it, but you're right. I do remember this. I've got a great screen grab of me looking sad when uh, Gary Bertier wrecked his car and they're in the hospital and Wood Harris and Denzel Washington have a close-up and there's some dude leaning against the wall real sad and everything. That's me. Scott. Yeah. Who was also super helpful in high school according to listeners. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Encouraging football team members. Anyway, let's move on. Um, The only true freshman to win a national championship is... Oh, what, like uh, quarterback. I'm what sorry. The Holloway. Holloway. <laughs> Tony looks really flummoxed. Yeah, because it's Holloway. Of, yes, Holloway. Jamil yes. Holloway. Jamil Holloway. Yeah, Tony was like, there's been a lot of true freshmen yeah. win national championships. Um, who are the first two teams? Oh, wait, I can't do that one. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss that one because I screwed it up because I was going to say, who are the first two teams to play at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Not thinking that Auburn's played two. The answer was going to be Georgia and Alabama, but then I forgot no, 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 that no. Auburn's played two and lost two. But what was the question? The first team okay. to play two games. At, I oh, totally to screwed that games. up. Oh, to play okay. two games at, at Mercedes-Benz. College teams, not the Falcons. Yeah, two co- Okay, yeah, Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, people but, are scratching yeah, their heads. I get that. I get that. Yeah, because yeah. Georgia Tech and Tennessee, they'll never be invited back. No, my question was, who are the first two teams to play twice and Mercedes Benz Stadium. And that would be Georgia, Georgia Alabama. Alabama. But then I forgot Auburn played twice and lost. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, that's where and, uh, I, yeah. and Auburn. Yeah. By the Auburn's way, 0 for two. By the way, this is a really good way for us to say Auburn lost to Mercedes Benz a bunch. Yes. Also, a Lenny Knight schedule came out today. So if you yeah, oh, really, I didn't see. Do you remember the score of the Alabama Georgia 2012 SEC Championship game? Uh, 31-28. 
Close. No, 3120. It's like 3228. Ding, ding. Will got it. Yeah, we had to have a touchdown. That's right. Got to have a touchdown. Yeah, that would be a lot simpler if they would have. All right, Tony. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell. God bless him. I love Malcolm Mitchell so much. I love Chris Conley. And he still caught the pass. That's why I I meant meant Chris Conley. Tony, I've got to have you put your thinking cap on. How many national titles has Alabama won? Oh, it depends who you ask. Yeah. I mean, if Central Florida is starting to claim them, it could be 40. Uh, 13. According to Wikipedia, Alabama has won 16 national titles. Do you believe that? Sure. For the record, according to Wikipedia, Illinois has won five. Well, also, according to Wikipedia, there's 52 states counting Rochester. So, and Rhode Island. Yeah. So how many well, national... actually is a state. Well, I, I, think, I think the thing is, the thing that gets <laughs> in <there>. people's <laughs> craw is the fact that Alabama claims all of these past national championships. Like when the agriculture poll voted them number one and they claim that. For what it's worth, why wouldn't you? Honestly, there You was, should claim them. There were a hundred years in college football history where they were just like, whatever, we don't even care. So why wouldn't you just I mean, even the sports the riders were drunk. Yeah, like just yeah. take it. I agree. So my next question is how many national titles has Georgia won? Four. Five. Will, will your closest? Because it's five. Um, but I'm, see, I'm people, very close. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> True story. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. I, if only I could have gotten closer. Just somehow. a little closer. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long week. It, it really has. Um, so well, you're still wearing the same clothes you were wearing earlier this week. I am wearing the same clothes that I wore on uh, game day. So Georgia outright won the 1942-1980 national title. And unlike Alabama, they don't really put up there that they've won uh, five. Yeah. And so that's kind of the difference where they take the classy approach, I guess a lot of people would say, versus like we won the agricultural poll like Alabama. 27-42. 27 is, the other, is one of the other three. They were voted number one by... Probably Massey. Dogs were still voted number one in two final recognized polls, the bond and polling oh. polls. 1946... 46. That's the Sinkwich. That's the Rose Bowl. Yes. Right? Nope. No, no, no. That was 43. Okay. Sinkwich, though, that was the Orange Bowl, right? Charlie Trippy and several of his Rose Bowl teammates. See Trip. Yep. They ran a 10 0 regular season with a 20 10 victory over North Carolina in the Sugar Bowl. Okay. But despite Georgia's perfect record, Notre Dame was declared national champion <sighs> by the majority of the polls. However, Yankees. the Bulldogs were voted number one in the final Williamson poll. Based on power rankings, I didn't know they had power rankings back in. The well, I think they were just basically how much you could uh, uh, lift, deadlift. Huh. He and, said pole. <laughs> and then in 1968, one of Vince Dooley's teams, they went undefeated but tied twice. They finished eight zero and two, earning an invitation to the Sugar Bowl. And despite losing the Sugar Bowl sixteen to two to Arkansas, Georgia was voted number one in the Litkin House poll. That, that is when bowl games truly were exhibitions. They, they won number one by a score differential. It's like soccer. Oh, okay. Here's a question the, I've been wanting to ask for a while. I like to, I'm a runner, and I like to go run in the, dual, in the, 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 the track. There's a track right there by the Dooley statue. And I've wondered for a long time, if, obviously if Mark Richt would have won a championship at Georgia, oh, I, he I would have gotten yes. a statue. Yes. Obviously, because like he had the vast career and he won the championship. If Georgia wins on Monday, does Kirby Smart get a statue? Not immediately, because he's still coaching. But like, what would it take for him not to get a statue? If he stays for a number of years, 
and wins a comparable number of games as Mark Rick does, he'll get a statue. I mean, Wally Buzz doesn't have a statue. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, Herschel Walker, Herschel I mean, Walker has the one that occasionally shows up uh, every once in a while. Creature weird. comforts. We're so funny about statues here. Yeah. I mean, um, again, my Dominique Wilkins. Why is it not a Dominique Wilkins statue? Well, I mean, there's a reason why Vince Dooley's statue is not even really on campus. Yeah. Why are you so weird about statues? We just are. It's p- p- uh, no, I can't. I can't talk about it. Is there a certain person? Um, well, there was a, for a long time. It was the whole Dooley Adams thing. It's why that statue ended up where it was. Um, no, I don't. I, I think there is a place where you go too far with statues. Oh, of course, uh, the fact that Sam Bradford, has Sam Bradford, has a statue, Oklahoma, right? I mean, he's a little. He's a Heisman. That's great. You put him in a Hall of Fame. Yeah, he uh, does not need his own statue, right? Um, I mean, for the, Robert Griffin has one outside of yeah, Baylor. Baylor. Well, I like mean, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Um, so you know, look, I think he has to do more than win a championship. About Cam Newton at Auburn. I don't know if he has a statue or not. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I think he does. They have. They have one. new oak trees for him. Yeah. Um, so they, they just sat here. They had a statue. Of I'm on fire about fire. Auburn today. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, he's got to win a bunch of games. And, and you know, Fitzgerald lives here 25 years, won mm-hmm. 200 games in an era where they played. Between eight and twelve games at the most. Twelve games was the very most yeah, he ever but played. If he doesn't win a national championship, he's not getting a statue. Maybe, maybe not. But he, if he, that he won a national championship, really cemented the deal. Right. Um, I don't think simply winning a national championship. Like if Kirby Smart wins a national championship Monday, um, he's here five more years. It was funny to even hear you actually say I know, those words. I actually stopped for a second. It was like a record well, but, going but, off. That. I think it's interesting to say that it goes back to what I was saying. I'm not afraid of this game. So, but if, if Kirby Smart wins the national championship Monday, um, and he's here five more years, he has a couple more nine win seasons. He has a six and seven season. Let's say in year, uh, <laughs> well, we're in seventeen now. In two thousand twenty-two, he goes, um, you know, eight and four, loses to Florida, South Carolina, um, Auburn, and Tennessee, and we fire him. No, he doesn't get a national. He doesn't get a trophy. But if he's still here when we finally go to Texas A&M in, in 2026 and we put another – even we haven't won a national championship, we've won a bunch of – we've had a lot of 10-win seasons. We've been in the mix. We've been in the playoffs. We've yeah. done, he's done what they hired him to do. He's done what they hired him to do. That's right. right. Hey, basically the Bob Stoops model, right? Right, right, right? He does what Bob Stoops did. He gets a statue. It is really weird that Sam Bradford has a statue. Like now that I'm thinking does about Does Jason it, White have a statue? Jason White does have a statue. Really? Mm-hmm. How about Nate Hibble? No, it was Ryan. By the way, he is a satellite. By the way, by the way, Nate Hibble, he is the one that got the biggest booze. Nate Hibble played quarterback for Georgia. Left. I thought it was Ryan. No, Ryan was his brother. Oh, he played golf at Georgia. That's right. Okay, that's so Nate. Yeah, I can't. I can't talk about Nate without getting very emotional. So Nate's from Hazelhurst, or was from Hazelhurst. Played Jeff Davis High School. Should have known the yellow jacket. Said that set me off. Seriously, Jason White statue. That's crazy. He came here. Played quarterback for a year, left when Quincy Carter was named permanent mm. quarterback forever and ever. Mm. Uh, went to Oklahoma and started a Rose Bowl for Oklahoma in 2002. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so he, he came on uh, during one of those sideline interviews, and he's the one that got the most booze from Georgia fans, especially when it went Boomer Sumer. Right. By the way, I have to go on a little rant before we go into whatever we're going into. <laughs> so, Sooner fans, y'all were awesome, you were great. Give up on the Texas thing. You're playing Georgia in the Rose Bowl. You shouldn't worry about Texas. Invariably, every single one of the Boomer fans, Sooner fans I saw, they were the yell Boomer. The response was Sooner. Someone would say Texas sucks. 
Yeah, this is like the when, when you're at a Mets game and they're playing the Braves and yeah. they start chanting Yankees suck. Yeah. It's like, dude, dude like, come seriously. On. Well, didn't you make that analogy with how tech fans are, with how they're always focused on Georgia? Yes, yeah. yes, exactly right. Look, I get it. You hate Texas. We hate Florida. We hate other teams. But you're playing Georgia in the Rose Bowl. Get your mind in the game. <laughs> yeah. Get your head in the game. Totally, totally. Stupid. Um, Sooners. This is not really trivia, but it's something to think about. Georgia won their last national title in 1980. The year after, Clemson won the national title. Mm-hmm. Truth. Last year, Clemson wins the national title. Does that mean that that space is open for Georgia? A little uh, I numerology, know, I guess you could say. It's funny. I do a thing after every uh, for sports on earth every year after the end of a major sports season. After the end of the baseball season, NFL. NBA, college football, and college basketball, the most tortured fan bases, the teams that most desperately want a championship. Yeah, Georgia in there. Georgia uh, was number one after... 15, right? After, and then yeah. they were number two last year mm-hmm. uh, because Clemson obviously zipped back to the end of the line. And last year... I assume we're moving down. Yeah, I think that no matter what happens, if Georgia wins, obviously they're number one. And if Georgia loses, they are... Still they're, probably in the top they're, 25. They're not 138. Yeah. And they're not, they're probably still in the top 25 because Alabama, after they won the championship, was still like 15. Like they still yeah. desperately want one. <clears throat> but I, it's hard to argue that, like for example, in baseball, it was the Cubs until they won, then it was in, in, the Indians. In football, it's the Bills. Mm-hmm. In basketball, mm-hmm. it's, it was the Cavaliers. Now it's more up in the air as to who it is in basketball. But in football, I think you could have made an argument, is it Georgia or is it Clemson at one point? Now, it is clearly Georgia with maybe Michigan right behind them just because Michigan. The idea is that you are a blue blood team that hasn't won one. Now, I think it's clearly Georgia. I don't know. This year, I think you have to consider Auburn to be top up there. They've won one in the last 10 years. Yeah, but if you were to interview a random Auburn fan, they're pretty fired up. Don't take it, up for Auburn. It puts them in the five. It puts them in the five. Okay. But, like, it's hard to argue Most that, tortured. that Not, Georgia— I got you. I got you. Georgia, I mean, Georgia is a blue blood program that's gone since 1980 without winning a championship. It's kind of astounding. Yeah. So yeah. I, mentioned, I mentioned numerology, and this you have to kind of use fuzzy math on mm-hmm. a little bit because it's not exactly right, mm-hmm. but it's close enough that it's kind of weird. Um, Georgia won their— 1942 national championship, right? They played the Rose Bowl on January 1st, 1943. If you add 37 to that, that equals 1980. And then if you yeah, add 37 to that, that's 2017. You're that, you're that image Scott, of the guy Scott, in It's Always guy. Sunny in, uh, in Philadelphia. Yes. Like, yeah, the board. Yes. like yeah, or, or Zach Val- Galifianakis in The Hangover <laughs> with the numbers all falling out. <laughs> I feel like that. Now we're getting the crazy way. So, so the last thing, it's funny. I, I, have, I had to send an email uh, response to someone the other day, and her name was Michelle. And I kept typing Michelle, and it kept autocorrecting it to M I C H E L L E. And because I have seen and read and typed, I guess Sony Michelle's name so much, I kept type, typing it M I C H E L. And for a split second, I was wondering why is this thing trying to correct it to an L and an E on the end? I thought it was spelled <clears throat> right. Michelle. So that was just kind of going on in my head. I had a fun little chuckle at myself. Yeah, that's why. That's why every time I try to text someone, they let's go chub a beer. It just keeps <laughs> happening. Yeah. 
Which means something completely different in other places. <laughs> yes, that's, that's good. That's good. Yes, that's that's uh, definitely true. just white right. So, do you want to make you want to make picks, or do you so, want to go over our standings for the bowl pickums? Or? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, do do briefly the standings for the for the pickums, and then I think if I'd like, if it's okay, I'd like to briefly set the stage. Absolutely. One last time. Clear yeah. the palette before we make our picks. There okay. You. And I like the order we did last time. By the way, you, me, uh, Tony. I think I like. Sure. Fine. Let's that's do fine. that. Um, real quick. Rock Dog is in first. My friend Dwayne Bray made it all the way up to fourth place. Dwayne! Was he in your fraternity? Yes, he was. Literally everyone was in Scott's fraternity. Rock Dog was too. We don't know. <laughs> um, UJ Carey is in ninth. She was not in his fraternity. Yeah. And then ninth. as for the three of us, Tony leads at 21st place. Nice. That's pretty good. Will, you're at 33rd. And me, because I don't make the confidence picks, I'm in 51st place. I mean, so. you literally are just like, that's like saying like, like what? Georgia doesn't try to score points. Like that's literally how the game is played. Well, but, <laughs> but to be yeah, here's the thing though, and and I'm not said it turned out this way. Uh, either way, I picked Michigan. I put uh, I think like second most confidence yeah. points, um, and of course South Carolina won. I, I'm disappointed South Carolina won, but I am not disappointed uh, Harbaugh. Tough year for the Big Ten. A great year for the Big Ten, other than Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Other than Michigan, yeah. they won every bowl game. So before you clear our palate, yes. What are your thoughts on all these national sports writers whining about the fact that it's two SEC teams and it's too regional and there's no diversity, regional diversity, I think they use? You know what? This is a great time to bring this up, actually. We haven't <laughs> touched on this yet. Guess who's coming to the, the college football championship game? Guess who's going to be there? I'm going to do Paul my... Paul Feinbaum? Yeah, Feinbaum will probably be there. Uh, I will do my best. I'm going to be good about this. Uh, I will say that regardless of your political persuasion, whether you think that America is a cherished place that you want to protect or whether you support Donald Trump, you <laughs> the idea that the president, who just kind of willy-nilly was like, I'm going to this game, and totally, I have friends at ESPN, they are pulling their hair out that he's coming. It is a disaster in every you, possible way. But, and here's the crazy thing about and it. And listen, it would have been a pain in the ass if Obama would have suddenly Sure, but you know he's coming the because he thinks they're going to cheer him. And just, yeah, and he's going to be very wrong. And not because Are like, Fowler and Herb Street going to interview him briefly at halftime? I, I have to say, I, if I'm ESPN, I try to avoid that at every opportunity. I have to say, yeah. there's no upside for them doing no. that. There's no upside for them doing that. And here's the thing. Anybody could come. Santa Claus could come. And they would boo Santa Claus because it, it's just... Exactly. Like, we're, we're there to see... I mean, the most entertaining thing we want to see is Kendrick Lamar at halftime. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed Vulture, New York Magazine's uh, cultural website. Their headline today was like, Donald Trump going to see Kendrick Lamar concert, apparently, <laughs> which I thought was actually very funny. Because Kendrick wow. Lamar, you think, guys, I'm, I'm anti-Trump. Like, Kendrick Lamar, like, literally has a whole lyric on his new album about the Russia investigation. So the idea, that's his own kind of yeah, uh, this, uh, this could get crazy. Thing. But I will say this. I will say this. I will support you, the thing you just said, Tony. I wrote a piece a few years ago for New York Magazine when, uh, during the 2008 election, that's how long I've been writing for New York Magazine, when Sarah Palin attended the St. Louis Blues hockey game and she got booed when she dropped the puck. And I, and of course, a lot of like people that did not like Sarah Palin said, oh yeah, we hate her. She deserved it. And I was like, no, this is the thing is if you are a politician at a sporting event, no one wants to see you. We're trying to get away from you. 
And so we want to enjoy this game. I think if he thinks because he won Alabama handily and won Georgia less handily, he's going to get a cheer if he's on the Jumbotron, I suspect he will have another thing coming. And here's the thing. It and also, I don't want to deal with... No one wants to deal with security and everything that you got to deal with. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. And boos sound louder than cheers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're not saying Trump. They're saying boo. But yes, so that's the point is, regardless of your political persuasion, I think that uh, no one wants him there. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, some people want him there, but it's just... Yeah. It's... <laughs> I want to see a football game. Phyllis, yeah. who calls in the fine bomb show, she wants him there. Yeah. Well, I want to see a football game. Yeah. I think it's fair. Um, I agree. Okay. So, so clear our palette real clear quick. Clear our palette. Here is, I'm going to lay down a the stakes. One thing before we, uh, before we make our picks. This is what my Sports Honors column was about today. There are certain dream seasons <clears throat> that happen in all of sports. The 2000, the most recent example of this, maybe you can argue the 2017 Astros. I would oh, argue definitely the 2016 yeah. Cubs is the best example of this. From the very beginning of the year, their fans were like, oh, this team is special. This team is absolutely special. And it was a glory to watch them all year. And then it ends in an incredibly exciting championship. And therefore, the Cubs get that special season. The 85 Bears are an example of that. Uh, the... Uh, I, the 2004 Red Sox are an example of that. The 1980 Georgia Bulldogs. Are. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, it's just special. It's not just special that your team is awesome all year. Like the, none of the Alabama championships count on this. Like every championship is awesome, but to have a truly special, uh, the first one does with the Cody field uh, uh, goal block against Tennessee. But see, here's what I'm thinking: as a Cardinals fan, for example, no, 2006 and 2011 don't actually count as these because 2006 was actually a team that wasn't very good. They just won a championship, and 2011 was a team that was. Was very frustrating for most of the season, and then finally had this amazing postseason run. But they don't count in the scenario. The team that would have counted would have been the 2004 team that was incredible start to finish, but then they collapsed against the Red Sox. Georgia has had one of those very rare in all of sports special seasons. Think about all the things that have come together. A team that's People are hopeful for going into the season, but maybe they're still 15, 16, 13, whatever they were going into the year. You dominate the revenge tour. We've talked about the revenge tour all year. Tennessee, you beat us, die. Florida, you beat us, die. Georgia Tech, you beat us, die. All of those things that we, 41 nothing. What was it, 128 to 10 of what they won the games, the three games against those teams? Your rivals vanquished in the dust. Done. You are playing two, your two closest most important, exciting games on the road in college football hallowed halls at Notre Dame and at the Rose Bowl. You have this absolute special thing that happens. You have a second year. You have the excitement of not only a new guy that's come in and brought something new, but beloved old, old characters. You have specific guys that stand out. You have folk heroes like Rodrigo. You have Guys like Chubb and Michelle, these beloved senior dudes. You have the underdog from a sports movie, the backup quarterback who is a freshman that comes in and does everything amazing. You have Roquan Smith, the, uh, the Mike Singletary, otherworldly uh, uh, defensive. You have everything. This season has been so special to watch. We've talked several times. If Georgia loses... Are we going to think poorly about this season, whether it's the Oklahoma game or whether it's the SEC championship game? We've consistently said 
No. This season is special. Even if they don't win the championship, this season is still special. Well, we are now here. We are now actually here in the national championship game against Alabama, of all people. The idea that Georgia is at the start of something, I think we all agree. This is the start yes. of something. Yeah. The old joke of this is the least talented team they're going to have till 2021 because the recruiting classes. I get it. Like, there's clearly something special is happening here. That said, two things. One, it's super, super hard to get here, even if you're awesome. Alabama, this terrific, incredible team this year, needed a bunch of things to fall exactly right for them to even get the chance to be here. Georgia can be just as good or better next year, and something weird happens in the LSU game, or something weird happens in the SEC championship game, and it doesn't happen. It's super, super hard to get here, as we can tell, because we're so excited to be here because we've never been here. It's super hard. Number two, and the last point on this, You know, a really time where everyone felt like, hey, this is the start of something. This is going to be amazing. Look what happens next is 2002, Mark Rick's second year at Georgia, where everyone feels like, here it comes. We didn't quite make it this year. It's worth noting if they were doing a playoff that year, he would have made it and we would have been at the exact same point. This is the start. It's it's just going to get better from here, and it doesn't. Once you are here, as much as we all agree this is the start of something, it's all coming together— once you are here, you might as well win the damn thing. You might as well win it because you do not know, even if you're better next year, even if you're better two years from now, something weird happens and you don't get there. It is super hard to get to this point. So for me, the stakes of this game is not just the idea of, wow, you can beat Alabama and you can win the championship. This year has been special. It has been special in a way that I do it for my new, I, I encourage everyone to subscribe to my newsletter. But I did a newsletter this week well, that hasn't come out yet, but is all about the idea of special teams, like actual special, unique teams. I've never had one. I've never had a team like Georgia that has been from the beginning something specific about this year, and then they won it. I've never actually had a team like that. No matter what happens, this season is special. But once you're here, you need to win the freaking thing. That's what I'm worried about, regardless of not making a pick of the game. But that, that's the stakes here. Is It's fun to be here. The Rose Bowl was amazing. This was so awesome. What a great year. Chubb got his moment. Michelle got his redemption. And Fromm has been great. And Roquan amazing. And Rodrigo. If they lose this game in real, like 2012, totally awesome year. Close your eyes. What do you think of 2012? You think of when you lost that game? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. So those are the stakes as we're going in here, is all of this wonderful season, it will always be thought of positively. But if they lose this game, when you close your eyes, you're actually probably going to think of this game. Unless it's a blowout, unless it's a full blowout, then you're like, okay, well, we had the Rose Bowl, and it was a start, and we'll go get him next year. Those are the stakes heading into this point. You know, this you're, saying, you're saying a crushing last-minute, like, soul-robbing loss. Which like 2012. Yeah. 2012 <laughs> yeah. would be that. Would, like, I think an argument could be made that you'd almost rather lose this game like Clemson just lost than losing the, as a fan. I don't mean I mean, I'd like, rather not but, lose. But, yeah. But, yeah. Obviously. Clemson has their national championship from last year to right. kind of fall back. Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But the point is, like, putting aside that, 
Okay, the way Washington lost yeah. Yeah. to them last year yeah. is... Let's get out of the way so I can process it the last three hours of the game. Yeah, and then I can just in, just think it, back and yeah. be like, you know what? What an amazing year. All the fans there, as Georgia walks off the field, give them a standing ovation yeah. for everything they gave them this year. Yeah. And this is the start of something awesome. But if you have the 2012 loss, it's going to stick with you forever. So to me, that's what's fascinating about this game is... We're so happy to be here, and it's so exciting to be here. But once the game actually gets going, everything actually does get poured into this game. Yep. So, let's Tony, make our picks. Tony, you look like you're about to eat some pizza. How sad you look. No, it's just, it's it's interesting. He does not look uh, sad when he eats pizza. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're doing an urban liar, but this, just to be clear, this he does is not true. look sad when he eats this pizza. True. This is true. Uh, no, I was just thinking, I think, I think Will accurately framed it, and... Um, you know, I'd like to think that I would always look fondly. On I this think we will season. always look fondly. I, I think, on this you know, look, it, it's funny. I, I've, I've had this conversation with a couple of people, a couple of people today at work. It's like, you know, when we went overtime against Oklahoma, I was trying to talk. I I had actually talked myself into appreciating the football game I'd seen up to that point, regardless of the outcome. And I did the same thing in 2012, right? You know, I have very vocally said 2012 was the best college football game I've seen in person. It sucked personally. It was a gut punch. Does that change now? Uh, oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, it, it, it was a gut punch. It was a you know, personal gut punch. But being objective about it, it, it was the best college football game I'd ever seen in person at that time. You know, I think had Sony had the game ended with Oklahoma winning what forty five to whatever the score was, that would have been the gut punch. You know, after Sony, if, if Sony had left the field, his last carry being a yeah, fumble, that, I think that's right. You know, but then the redemption came. So of course that could happen again in this game. Yeah, could. of course <laughs> it can. Of course it, it can. Well, we've talked around it. Let's go, Scott. What do you got? Oh, so me first. Okay, so is that okay? I thought we established. No, that no, before. we had established that. I kind of nodded and everything. Um, <laughs> you don't have to go first if you don't want. No, to. I, I, I want to go first. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think that a lot of people you're going to hear on the news media and other podcasts, and maybe even my two co-hosts are going to say this is going to be a slogum, low-scoring game. Hopefully, it's, knocker. Hopefully, it's not like LSU Bama when it was like six to three or nine to seven or nine to six back when they played in the Sugar Bowl. Nine to six in overtime. There we go. <laughs> really that was a game in that was a game in Alabama. That was not yeah. the overtime game. Yeah. That, okay, right, the right. championship game was not. Whatever. So, yeah, no, it's not going to be a snooze fest. I think this is going to be uh, a thrilling game. I think it might be Rose Bowl light, if you will. And I think Georgia is going to be very consistent in their scoring. I think they're going to have – you're going to see a, a line of the four quarters of 14 points, 10 points, 14 points for the third quarter, and then kind of clean it up with about seven in the fourth quarter for a final score of about 45 to Bama's 21. I don't think it's going to be that close. Wow. I am Woo! very confident. I'm, I think a lot of people are probably going like, Scott, you're crazy. And you know what? I might be crazy, but I have a podcast and I can make predictions like for, that. For the record, Scott's only had one drink tonight. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that you're going to see Hardman. I'm going to stay on that pick. I think he might score a touchdown. I think you're going to see Sony not score four, maybe two, maybe flirt with uh, the trifecta again. Chubb's going to get one. And then you're going to have Fromm with a run-pass option. He's going to run it in. He's not going to pass it in on that one. And then you've got the field. I think there's going to be just somebody that really hasn't scored that many touchdowns, maybe an Isaac Nauta, maybe a Charlie Werner, uh, maybe the fullback of some kind of weird person touchdown that will be scored by Georgia. 
Alabama's going to keep it close for the first half, and then Georgia's going to do what Georgia's done a lot this year and put them away in the, the second half. Well, if we're going to have a weird person touchdown, why not Isaiah win? <laughs> Why not blanket chip, man? Come on. Oh, damn. <laughs> so that's my that's a prediction. prediction. 45-21. Woo! All right. Um, so, really, I, I know this like, look. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know what that look is. I'm still working this out. Um, is this the look you gave us last week when you No, predicted? last week, I felt more, it's funny, I actually felt more confident in my wrong prediction last week. Um, for the record, I, like, the game I was... You kind of were right. Yeah, the game I was predicting did oh, happen. Oh, yeah. Just Georgia showed me stuff that we had not yeah, seen. Yeah. And that you, that those are now facts that must be considered into evidence. What this feels like to me is I can't get past the fact that the teams that beat Alabama are not constructed the way that Georgia is constructed. There might be a time in two or three years where, as we keep saying with recruiting, Georgia out Alabama's Alabama. That time may very well be coming, and when it happens, it will be glorious, and we will all dance and laugh and and be merry. What Georgia currently is is an amalgam of the Richt era and the best of the Richt era. And I think what Kirby has been able to do with the Richt guys has been better than you could have possibly expected. But the whole point of what Kirby is putting together is to ultimately out Alabama, Alabama. I just don't know if in year two you can out Alabama, Alabama is the best way to put it. And if, if it turns out that Georgia can do what it did against Oklahoma, yeah, awesome. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that uh, this feels to me like a game that's tight and then something happens at the end of the third quarter. And it turns it and it slows down. And we all get that moment where we applaud this terrific season and know that something is coming and it is clear that the true challenge is yet to come. But I don't know. Emotionally, I am obviously I'm attached to this Georgia team more than I'm attached to the Alabama team. But emotionally speaking, I actually think Georgia is a more interesting team than Alabama is in a lot of ways. And the idea of like Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle are not rich recruits for me. They are definitive Georgia players. And you want them to have that moment. I just think that the way that Georgia puts together, the way that Georgia tries to win games, we've seen that they can win games other ways, but the way they want to win a game is the way Alabama wins a game. And I think in two or three years, they can win a game that way. Right now, I just don't know if they can. I am picking Alabama 27, Georgia 21. You know, the funny part about it, He's literally drinking out of the bottle as he says he makes his pick. I'm sorry I coughed in that thing. So, it's fine. I have kids. So, the funny part about what I think could happen is that I can't disagree 
with your assessment, right? There is a range of possibilities that are um, that go from the the first Alabama Clemson game to Georgia blowing out Alabama. Um, the hard part about it for me is that <laughs> it feels like we're playing with house money. Right in August, I predicted an SEC East win. I predicted us to be, you know, ten and two and losing to Auburn, which means we would have beaten UCF and ended all this nonsense in the Peach Bowl. And then, you know, but you know, I was I was wrong about Notre Dame. I was wrong about the second Auburn game. I was right about SEC. Um, so the thing that really I keep coming back to is what ability does Georgia have to do? enough of the things that beats teams that Alabama lose to. I, I think you're right, Will, that we do tend to try to do what Kirby Smart was hired to do with Georgia and what Nick Saban did with Alabama. Which is a smart thing to do because which is a very Alabama's smart awesome. Thing. <laughs> Alabama is awesome. But I think Kirby Smart is enough of his own coach. We've seen that. We mm-hmm. talked about that today. That there are things that we're able to do, and Kirby Smart's able to leverage that Alabama probably won't be. If Alabama's to win, it's going to be because Hertz is able to overcome. Um, Hertz is over to over, able to overcome with his feet. Um, the I think the advantage that Georgia has on the front seven, uh, particularly with adjustments in the second half. If Georgia's to win, it's because. Cheney is able to find a way to leverage uh, shifts and motions and put our playmakers in space in a way that, frankly, only Auburn's done against Alabama. Um, I, it, I keep talking about I, – I, I kept talking about scripts. I've been thinking about scripts since the Rose Bowl because somebody brought that up to me inside the stadium. Why not Alabama. I mean, I thought all along we had to beat Alabama mm-hmm. to get where we're going. We want to be anyway. Um, it, otherwise, people would view as illegitimate. Why not Alabama? What comes down to this for me is that I, I think this is a season of destiny. Four weeks ago, six weeks ago, certainly I would have never thought that. I mean, and you certainly I, wouldn't have said it. I certainly would have said, God, no, I would never would have said it. You wouldn't. You didn't want to talk about it all season. I didn't want to talk about it all season. Um, it's hard to argue that this is not a season of destiny. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, eh, terribly high-scoring game. Um, if we hold Alabama to 21 points, we win big. I don't think we're going to. Um, I think they're going to score some points. I also think we'll limit mistakes enough that we can win this football game. Because I love symmetry and script writing and <laughs> the whole thing. Why not 38-22? Uh, 32-28, sorry. 32-28. Why not? Why not? That'd be nice. Will, are you going to be cheering in the press box? I will not be cheering in the press box. Because, will be because press Will box. wears a suit, and he believes, he believes in America and God. I do. I do believe in America. You're, you're, you're going to wear a suit? I always wear a suit to big events like this. Yes, of course he does. Wow. I always wear a suit he, he wears suits on planes. I'm going to wear the same thing I wore on uh, Monday. I am not wearing the same thing I wore on Monday because it's going to be like 35 degrees colder. That's true. It's, it's supposed to be like... Snowy, icy, yeah. bad weather. Yeah. But you're, you're going to be indoors. They're going to have the roof closed. Yeah, but i got to go to the stadium. Um, but yeah, I will be in the press box. It will be unusual. Um, the 
the 2000. 2000- so this will be your first Georgia game in the press box. Yes, I've never sent the press box to Sam awesome. Stadium. I have no desire to ever do that. Right. Uh, I've been. I've, but this is the first Georgia game press box event for you. Yes, that's correct. I have because uh, I've always been at the national championship games. It says the first one since the Ohio State Oregon. That's uh, that was the first one. Yeah, and Dallas. Yeah, it was at the yeah. Jerry World. Will yeah. you be tweeting? Uh, I'm not really a big tweeter during events generally, uh, just because. Uh, when I'm tweeting, I'm not watching. Um, and and when I'm watching a game, particularly a game like this, and I know that I'm on deadline after the game, I'm thinking about what I want to write about. And the last thing I want to do... I must say you're already outlining. Yeah. yeah I, the last thing I want to do is give away a good observation that I have in a tweet. Can, can I request... Which is a very old school thing. Can I, request, kind of I uh, can I request three words that you put in your article that you write, no matter the outcome? Uh, I don't know. Let's see what they are. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. So you're going to the game, Scott? Yes. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I have. I'm, although I am envious of your tickets, I have digital tickets, and you have these glorious. Yeah, they are, I, I, they're, they're like they're, they're like transparent. Really nice. They're really nice tickets. They're really awesome. So who are you going with? Jennifer. Yeah. I'm, let me say that again. I'm going with my yeah, wife. Say that again. Well, I mean, I, I'm de- the reason why I say that she doesn't way, listen. <laughs> well, she doesn't listen. But I, I really wanted to take my kids, my my boys. Jack and Walker, who you saw in the video getting very emotional, but I have two boys and a daughter. My daughter, she she colored the whole time during the Rose Bowl, so she, she's out. She's three. So. Yeah. Well, she's seven. Same thing. She's seven? Yeah. Oh, my God. My kids were so much bigger than your kids. <laughs> but anyway, I couldn't choose between the boys, so... Um, I'm going to take my wife. Yeah, we're going to be excited about that. And so, maybe I'll do another video. I'm not going to try. Here's the thing. And my, my wife asked me about this today. She's like, Are, your video has gotten like 45,000 views on YouTube, and it's been kind of a viral hit. Are you going to do another? And I was like, look, I've been doing this long enough to not try to chase the same thing that just happened because I'm never going to be able to replicate that. And so I told her, I was like, I will consider doing one. I will do it in a completely different format, um, different style. <laughs> And different uh, overall kind of feeling on it. I will not try to chase lightning in a bottle because nothing is more is is more sadder to me than somebody that does something and then like tries to say here's part two and it's almost like having a sequel yeah. or something. You're not gonna not gonna be able to. The Hangover that. Part Two is horrible. Yeah. yeah, although the last one's okay. So I would do one, or I'll try Better to do two. one, but it'll be completely in a different type of vibe. Well, I'm taking my father to the uh, S, uh, to the national championship game, walking out of the Rose Bowl. Of course, it was whatever time it was, midnight, because uh, we didn't leave until they made us. Um, the uh, uh, My wife said, you have to take your dad to this game. My father's been a lifelong Georgia fan. We talked a little bit about how we became Georgia fans in the first season. Um, my dad literally became a Georgia fan because he was a, 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 a kid, a teenager in the 50s. And Georgia Tech was a thing then, and Georgia was not, and he's a contrarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all his friends were Tech fans, so he became a Georgia fan. Uh, he, he used to work security because he worked 17 jobs in the early 60s. He worked security for Pinkerton because he could come watch games for free. Um, he became a Georgia fan uh, when he was in, growing up. Um, so my wife graciously offered... For him to that's awesome. And not offered, insisted, insisted, awesome. and which I was cool with as long as I got to go, uh, because <laughs> I'm selfish. But um, the uh, I, I, I'm trying to imagine the specific torture of your father and your wife going and not you. 
Um, <laughs> that it would, would be very cruel. It would suck, I don't think it's being selfish whatever. for you to go. Whatever. <laughs> I think that uh, you're the constant in that situation. But, 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 you know, my, um, I was like, you have to talk to my dad. And she, my, my dad was like, no, you should go. You, you go on every game. And Chris was like, no, you don't understand. I will sell my ticket if you don't go. So my dad was like, okay, I'll go. Uh-huh. Um, and um, so my father and I are going, uh, which should be amazing. The last game that he and I went to, Together of this magnitude was the 2002 SEC championship game against Arkansas. We sat literally in the upper, the very last row in the upper deck at the Georgia Dome. Um, uh, we have better seats this time, not, although not, they're not great. They're they're similar to what I have at the SEC. There are not bad seats. But there's really not. Uh, 317. I'm in 309. Yeah, so there's just not bad. There's seats not bad seats. seats. There's not bad seats. There really aren't. Um, I am so <laughs> excited about this game. Um, and though I predicted a Georgia win, I, I, I'm with, I, I think I'm with you, Will, in saying that unless this is a game where it is a soul-crushing, you know, stomp on my, my gonads, like, last-second thing, uh, this season's going to be – I'm going to look back on this season once I get over the pain of having lost Monday night and think, like, my God, what a fun time. We'll worry about that in the next couple of weeks. If it comes to that, but um, you know, this has been an incredible run, uh, and, and we talked about this a little bit last week. But Georgia fans enjoy this because while it feels like it started something, we thought the same thing in 2002. I don't necessarily agree that 2002 was the was the highlight, um, but it is easy to say that when you look at 2002, there were more not 2002s than 2002. <laughs> yes. Ah, this is serious business, guys. Y'all, we're playing the national championship. Yeah, don't look for an immediate reaction. Oh, because I won't get home till like two a.m. And I, fly, <laughs> I have a I have a flight at six a.m. to New York. This is like, the worst part about this for me: is if Georgia wins, I'm going to be in New York watching all of you so, guys. So, is there a possibility to meet them at the stadium and doing like a five minute thing? You, I, I can. Well, it's it. hard for you. It's not really that hard for me. Once I've got a pass, I can walk around wherever I need to. Just, just so. bring us up to like a fourth quarter pass the press box. I can't do that, but I can meet you wherever you are. Uh, well, we're we're pretty close to each other. So, so I tell you what. Let's let's endeavor to meet the after the game. Statue. Let's endeavor. No, it's outside, uh, <laughs> but it's still no. It's inside the stadium. Is the it? Falcon statue is actually inside. Where? It's out, but it's it's outdoors. It's outdoors, but it's inside the gates. No. I don't want to be outside. It's supposed to rain. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a that's a non-starter for me. Okay. Um, why don't we endeavor to meet um, somewhere between 309 and 317 after the game? If we win, of course, I'm going to want to see the ceremony. Um, but and I know you have to get to bed. Yeah, let's get, well, after the game, we'll see how after the yeah, game. Works. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll text. It's going to be difficult because okay. I, I have to. We'll have immediate deadline to write, and then I'll like. And you have, have to use what? Uh, let's be clear. There we go. So um, I gotta make a note of that. This is crazy, y'all. This is crazy. We have done a nearly two-hour podcast again on the national championship. Two game. hours and nine minutes. It, could you have imagined us talking about the national championship in 2015? No. I mean, 2000, 2016. Last after that year, season, I after that season, we were talking about we were talking about basketball this time of year. Yeah. And now we're talking about Georgia playing Alabama in the national championship football game. I mean, to be perfectly honest, the only thing that would make this more crazy is if Jake Fromm gets hurt on the second series and Jacob Eason comes in and leads us to a win, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not, believe me, I'm not trying to speak that to power, but if that happens, that would be the craziest thing. No, I feel like it's got to get the third string for it to be the truly craziest thing. Well, uh, he, he ran a pretty good scout team. 
Last yeah, week. yeah, yeah. Your guy from Southwest Georgia. Bennett. But uh, no, Southeast I think, Georgia. I, I think by four string, I want I want Rodrigo running the offense at the end. I think that's what I want. Yeah. Good lord, guys. I think he could do it. I think he can do anything. He's Rodrigo. All right, guys. Y'all ready to send this out? Y'all were playing the national championship. Holy cow! All right, yeah. guys. For the last time of the 2017-18 season, go dogs. Go dogs. Save. 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 <laughs> oh shit, this is real. And thanks so much for listening. You can tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on the national championship game or even this episode. I'll make sure to link Will's most recent article that he wrote about Georgia football. Of course, he wrote it about Georgia football. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why that's funny, but um, I'll also link my video in the show notes page of this episode as well. Of course he wrote about Georgia football. Uh, Anyway, I've said it before and I'll keep saying it over and over again, but the three of us greatly appreciate all of the interactions that y'all provide us, the commentary and the reviews. What a fun season to have documented with this podcast. And on a personal note regarding the video that I made of my family and friends reacting to the Rose Bowl victory, I have been completely and utterly overwhelmed with the hundreds, if not thousands, of heartfelt responses, the shares, and general love of what I was able to produce. I think what made it work and garner well over 100,000 total views on YouTube and Facebook alone was that it was all of us. Sure, I was the one who had the camera and edited something together, but this special team that I referred to in my introduction, they gave us a moment in one of the greatest games you and I have ever seen and that buildup of the final reaction, what you saw online, was just a snapshot of the entire Bulldog Nation realizing something that we've been longing for for so long, and that is a shot to play for it all. We have that shot now. It's right there for the taking. So whether you're watching it with your friends and family in front of the TV or you're at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Monday night, let's all enjoy this and cheer our Bulldogs to victory because you just don't know when it'll come around again. Go dogs. Go dogs.